0: Open. So they've rebounded considerably from the doldrums they found themselves in last season. Evans airs go. one out deep. He wants Scott.
1: He He's got him. Touchdown.
0: Evans playing hurt with Golden Richards in motion. Pitch back to Walter Payton. Change of direction. Daylight for Walter. Look out. Here he goes. 15. Across the 10. Across the 5. Touchdown, Walter Payton.
1: What a runner! What a runner, Walter
2: Payton! There's learning lessons through all of it.
3: Are you a sicko? Come on, watch me! I'm waiting for you! Yeah, there's a hockey game I taped last Come night. Come on, I... watch me!
1: Come on and watch!
2: Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise Podcast. It's time to remember this crap with Mike Donahue, and tonight we're going to remember crap about the Bears and the Vikings. But we're not going to be remembering current crap. We're going to be remembering de- desiccated crap. Is that know, what does Vinta- what does crap do over uh, for almost four decades?
3: It turns. Uh, it turns into into vintage. In some cases, <laughs> uh, it becomes part of the earth.
2: Yeah, 42 years. My math is great. Uh, so what we're going to do is we, uh, we une- well, actually, I should give you credit. Mike unearthed a, uh, a cut-down video of the of week two of the 1979 NFL season. It is the 1-0 and Bears taking on the 1-0 and Vikings. Bears coming off an exciting action-packed six to three win over the packers that's right bob thomas and chester Markle scored
3: all the points and yeah no no touchdowns yet yeah i uh this is definitely a sort of a self-indulgent exercise i've talked before about 1979 being the first season which i came into consciousness i was seven and this is actually the first game that i remember when i found it on the internet i i was you know, a, a bit startled because I had all these images in my head. One one image that is always stuck, and we'll get to it in this game, but I just wanted to get it out here now. Is it
2: Len Walterscheid doing something?
3: <laughs> I'm running into the punter? I think Walterscheid <laughs> did that, go number 23. No, it is not Len Walterscheid. It's not a Len Walterscheid moment, nor is it a Jerry Muckenstern. Yeah,
2: Muckenstern. I didn't even know that girl there was a Muckenstern until I watched 58.
3: this. Was, he wore 58 before, uh, before Wilbur. I'm amazed
2: but, that they let Wilbur wear it.
3: How did right, they not retire it? I know.
2: For, what was it, Jerry? Jerry, Jerry Muckenstern. Jerry
3: Muckenstern? Oh, uh-huh, that was, I not, think it was Irv, QR Amazon Michael. I think at the end, but. Um... Tying it back to our very first episode, that when we started this ridiculous exercise uh, about a year and a half ago, kind of started from the top. And you asked me uh, who my first quarterback was. uh, And I said, Vince Evans, and yours happened to be Bob Avellini, which was perfect because we're of the same, you know, we're one year apart almost exactly. We're pretty much of the same uh era and you know we both came into this this consciousness when the bears for four seasons had this sort of weird three-headed quarterback monster so it's only fitting that we each independent of one another had one of our own but the reason i selected evans was because uh, he was the first one i remember and it was from this game and there's a play in this game where he throws it. we'll see a touchdown to james scott and then the replay from uh like above head and that's like the, I can almost guarantee you that through the years and even before that, I saw the internet sort of re- reinstalled it uh, had, had been this visceral image that had been in my head since I was seven years old, but uh, a lot of awesomeness in this game. We're going to see peak uh, Walter Payton. We're going to see some great Allen Page moments. Um, you know, it, a little bit more context too, is that the Minnesota Vikings were still had a vibe they were the absolute only. They were the the dominant team in the old uh, NFC Central in the seventies. Uh, the Packers, the Lions, and the Bears were all really terrible. And so the Vikings were really hanging out with the Cowboys and Rams. They lost every Super Bowl, but they were a menace. And uh, I know with you, I'm sure with your older brother, it was the case with mine who are seven and nine years older. I mean, they very much remember the lousy bears teams in the seventies and how awesome the Vikings were and how uh, frequently the Vikings would just, um, you know, take the bears uh, over their knee and, you know, and give it to them. So um, bringing that context into it, this is sort of the end of that uh, Bud Grant, you know, Vikings era. I think they'd make the playoffs a couple more times, but so uh, it was a rare uh, great day at Soldier Field, and it turned in turned out to be a rare uh, good season, uh, certainly at that point in time.
2: Okay, so a couple things about that. Um, you said the Vikings were a vibe, and yet it was the it was the Bears who played in the federal landmark, and um, <laughs> would you call Vince Evans, Mike Phipps? and Bob Evelini a three-headed monster or a three-headed monstrosity
3: of a quarterback. <laughs> I call that Vince Fippsellini and he will eat you in your sleep. Yeah, it's a mon- it was a monstrosity. It's I mean Evans Evans and they all they don't all get in this game. This is a this is just a Phipps Evans production. We don't see Bob. Uh, Evans at this point I think was a third-year quarterback uh, out of Southern Cal. He ended up having a long career. It might be some people years younger than us that would remember seeing Vince Evans as an Oakland Raider. Uh, yeah, they, Good old number 11. They, for the they, never really, they never really seemed to put it together for the Bears. They, they did somehow manage to put it together to make the playoffs this season. But uh, now it would be another era, without much uh, to do at quarterback.
2: Okay, so what you're about to hear is a the CBS broadcast. It's cut down quite a bit. It's only 20 minutes long. Like last week. And the announcers, because it's on CBS, obviously John Madden, and Pat Summerall. No, wait, um, it's not them.
3: Well, if you want to be historically accurate at this point in time, it'd be it would Tom be Brookshire. Pat Summerall, and Tom Brookshire. Exactly. Right. Good call. <laughs> and then who's the
2: oh who's the dead
3: guy from the Redskins game? Frank Lever. Uh, Frank, Lieber. Frank Lieber. I didn't not, even know who he was until didn't you even get me, didn't yeah. even
2: get Frank Lieber No, and we also did not get. Because I was looking for this game, because you said it was out there, and I kept finding – I couldn't remember what year you said it was, so I'm looking at all these, and like, oh, this is it. Nope, Uh, Tim Ryan and Johnny Morris. Oh, this is it. Nope, Tim Ryan and Johnny Morris. Nope, this is it. Tim Ryan and Johnny Morris, who I thought as a kid were just the Bears announcers.
3: That's right, because you you watch the Cubs. The Cubs had their own contract. You have Jack Brickhouse and Lou Boudreau. Uh, Yeah, we didn't quite pick up on the fact that it just worked out that way. Uh, Johnny Morris, of course, has – we probably mention Johnny Morris's name every week, and it's usually yeah. as a sort of ironic punchline. Uh, because it's not Johnny's he,
2: fault, he's the all time leading receiver, it's not, in and Bears you know,
3: and his it's every other
2: receiver's fault that Johnny Morris is the all time leading receiver, exactly.
3: America. The fact that he's still alive and is the all time leading uh, receiver is really quite a thing. But what's interesting, of course, most people listening, if they're anywhere near our demographic. Um, would, would have their living memory of Johnny Morris, of course, would not be as the Bears all time leading receiver, but really as the face of the local uh, sports anchor desk at WBBM TV, which of course is the CBS affiliate. And he was, you know, he was a ubiquitous presence. He, um, he, he, he you know I probably doesn't mean much today because media is so splintered i couldn't even tell you who the anchors and the sports uh guys are on on two five and seven today but uh, it feels a little bit like a golden age at least in the 80s that we remember um you know it was johnny morris at channel two You had tim weigle at channel seven and originally chet coppick until he got fired and then a young mark g in greco at channel five and you know the bears were the rage in the 80s um and even though Johnny was an ex-jack, like we talked about, uh, came from that generation where it's a little bit easier for ex-jacks to go ascend all the way to, you know, play-by-play duties, lead anchor duties. We mentioned Frank Gifford and Pat Summerall. He was an ex-jack, uh, but he would he would scoop those guys, those journalists, those J-school guys, those reporters like Jane Greco and Weigel, uh, because he was a former Bear. He you know and he you know he uh, used his connections with the Bears to get into the media, and he was a former player, he could, and he, he
2: could just call down to the ticket office and he could ask a young George McCaskey. Hey, George, you got any scoops? And it wasn't that uncommon. I mean, yeah, so you had, like, we talked about how Dan Fouts, who retired much later than Johnny, he was a sports reporter in San Francisco.
3: Mark Malone.
2: Mark Malone. In Chicago. Yeah, came to Chicago. Speaking of that, Sam Malone did a couple of weeks doing sports commentaries in Boston. Yeah, a little hip-hop. Yep. Um, So it was a thing. It happened. So the announcers on this game are Johnny Morris and a cherubic 27-year-old grad of Syracuse University who you don't think of as CBS. You think of him as NBC. NBC. Robert Quinlan Costas how about that bob costas is the it it took
3: me a couple minutes because like you like you were kind of leading up to for a hijacked it is that it was tim ryan johnny Moore, and it really was until the bears got good in the mid-80s and it was made in summer all uh and so you assume you hear johnny right away when and and when you roll it you'll hear it uh and then you're like wait a second it's not tim ryan and then a few seconds after you hear him a couple more times is that that Bob Costas? You know, it is, it's quite a. I just assumed discovery.
2: Bob was filling in for Tim. He was prob- Tim was probably in Luxembourg calling a luge competition for CBS, <laughs> getting ready for a Winter Olympics. 1979, was it Winter Olympics in 1979?
3: No, they're right. May have still been PGA season. He was probably then, at Lake think...
2: Placid just setting up.
3: Yeah. Um.
2: Because, uh, right, the Winter Olympics would have been that winter, right? Uh, that's a good call. You're right. Early eighty. Yeah, that's, that's tied the was.
3: U.S. Uh, hockey team he was, was just a few months later.
2: He was getting ready for the Winter Olympics. That's that, right. But they were on ABC, so he probably wasn't doing
3: them anyway. All right. No, that's a John McCabe joint. Yeah. So
2: anyway, um, we're going to do this a little different than last week. Last week we uh, only played the audio of a little bit of the game. This one, because um, I just feel like there's more things that get said that we want to comment on. We're just going to roll the audio and then we'll stop it to talk about it. It's probably an easier listen for easier to follow along than with us trying to do it now it's a cut up and it's literally just starts right in the middle of a play you don't get there's no there's no stand-up at the beginning with little bob and john it. it's just yep. i turn this thing on and in all his glory there's ready, the, the finest quarterback in purdue history mike phipps is in the <laughs> is in the middle of a play looks like he's about ready to fumble like like always um so um uh, Get the started with that here. A smart guy would have uh, already had this ready and queued it up, but you don't have a get what you pay for on this podcast, kids. Where's, where's
3: Arnie Harris when you need him?
0: Inward, a third down play for Vips, firing over the middle.
3: Well,
2: over
0: the middle.
2: So yeah, so they start us on a just a random third down. <laughs> Um, but I love the fact that neither um, Johnny or Bob knew that Walter Payton was the one who caught the pass.
3: Oh, well, it's not every day you see a, a halfback running a down and in about twelve, you know, eight yards or so over the middle of the field on a critical third down.
2: Well, the weirdest the thing budget. about this is, uh, it was like third and looked like it was like third and eight, and the Bears threw like a fifteen-yard pass. I yeah, he went out further, yeah. <laughs> that might have been the last time that's ever happened. Maybe that's why they showed it. They sent the film off to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but anyway, oh, a very nice catch by Walter.
3: Of course, and uh,
2: gets
0: hit right, gets
3: hit right away by two guys. Doesn't matter. So
2: Bears are cooking on their first drive already
0: with the great Mike Phipps. A great catch by Payton for the Chicago first down.
1: After a few days, or a few games, I should say.
0: On the other hand, the Vikings held San Francisco to under 100 yards on the ground last week. Phipps flips it out to Payton, and unless Walter can slither away, this is going nowhere, and it's a loss of about five or six.
2: That's a typical bear screen pass when they do run him. Uh, you know, he only loses five yards. On yeah.
3: The and I know this is cut up. We don't know if we're seeing every play. It could almost be a, a Peyton highlight reel, but so far we've seen two plays pass, just dump off, well, one dump off, but both to Peyton. He was used to the workload, but it's not yeah, all the Bears had in offense.
2: Yeah, so if you're one of the people who's going to want to watch this, and you should, because it is pretty good. Um, you'll notice, this is a very 70s offense the Bears are running. Um, Dave Williams is lined up in the backfield with Walter almost the entire game. And he's... He's basically playing fullback, but when the Bears shift, and they do it a lot, instead of, you know, um, having two backs, Walter moves up. They're basically playing with two fullbacks at a time in a lot of these. It's the weirdest thing it you've is. ever seen. I, it could very well be a testament to uh, how long they think the, uh, this Bears offensive line can actually well, hold a block.
3: And neither, neither of them, of course, are really fullback no. size. I mean, right. Peyton was a beast, but he wasn't, you know.
0: Have a poundage in the lineup right now on this third and 16 play
2: that's a nice that's a nice looking pass from phipps uh because uh, the guy holding the yard the first down marker was wide open and phipps hit him i mean that was
3: yeah that was he right did. On. that's yeah. true <laughs> you know and you know, we don't know what happens on the subsequent drive for minnesota right
2: right because now the next play they're punting out of their own end zone um I'm pretty sure that uh, if there were challenge flags, Neil Armstrong would have thrown one and on that and said, uh, the guy who caught the ball is a Bears employee. That should be a first down." <laughs> like, no, sorry, Coach. A, he's out of bounds. B, he's working on the chain gang. I don't think – we can't give you that.
0: No. Meets it at about the goal line. Spiraling, Schubert that. at midfield shakes the tackle, tries to come outside. He is in Minnesota territory on about the 48. Fred McNeil made the tackle. The one- so that I didn't know that.
2: So Franz Schubert, the German composer, yes, right, was the
3: Bears punt returner in 1979. Well, look at how good his hands were on that. that was punt. Amazing. Exception, yeah, he could play tickle the ivories and catch a punt coming down at 40 miles an hour.
2: Uh, yeah, the uh, the long uh, history of uh, of Caucasian bear punt returners who ever gain any yards. Yes.
3: Ironically enough, uh, Greg Coleman, was... who who kicked that punt, was would be one of the few African American punters uh, at the time, and you know ever really Reggie Roby came around a few years later. But black punter kicking to a white punt returner.
2: So the Bears' second possession, they have the ball uh, in plus territory, They're at the Viking forty nine. Now, oh, with what, this let's, offense? Let's see what happens. Oh, let's see what happens when I get on the right screen.
0: Wide receivers, Dave Williams and Walter Payton, the running backs, for Mike Phipps. And here's Payton. Nice hole opens up. And Payton drags some tacklers to about the 44. Yeah, he does. This in motion. Dave Williams.
3: A little change of pace,
1: Dave
2: Williams. So the last two plays, they have run basically fullback-belly. To two halfbacks.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah. Now they have a third and makeable. It's short, right? It's like a It's yard. a long
3: one. It's a long one. I think Bob says. Third
0: down and a long Four, one. 40, 40, 40. Long count. And, and they, they ask Williams to get it. They don't give it to him. No. Don't
2: give it. Don't you have the greatest running back in the NFL? Right. Uh, give it
3: to Dave removed, Williams. Two but years he, removed from an MVP. Yeah.
2: But he
0: gets it. Field goals, fake plays, off punts or field goals. Those have been the deciding factors historically. The between these teams. Third down, heavy pressure. Fitz gets it away, and it's complete <laughs> to Brian bashmegel'
2: Now, for people so. who don't—if
0: uh, you don't remember Brian
3: Bashnagel, but you do remember Phil McConkey from the Giants, <laughs> same guy. I was going to say, Bashnagel's name has come up at least eight or nine times in the year and a half that we're doing this. If you're, basically, it's a rule of nature that if you pull up any Bears game between 1978 and 1983, uh, it's a rule that Brian Bashnagel uh, will catch a pass. And uh, yeah, every time a, a bell rings, Brian Bashnagel catches a, makes a reception.
2: So that was a, the play they just ran was an interesting formation. Peyton lined <laughs> up as a wide receiver and came in motion – And then they threw opposite that to Bashnickel, kind of did a drag across. It It was wide open. Probably because every Viking has, like, well, of course they're going to (laughs) fucking throw it to Walter. Right. That's pretty good misdirection. The offensive coordinator is a guy named Ken Meyer.
3: Oh, wasn't that Hughes?
2: No, it was Ken Meyer.
3: Okay, Hughes must have been Ditka only. I, I felt like there were like the same batch of guys under Armstrong that there were under Ditka. So I, I looked up Ken. He had been the offensive coordinator for the Rams
2: in the early seventies, and they had really good offenses. And then he was the offensive coordinator for the Bears later, and they, they didn't. That's what I know about Ken Meyer.
3: Okay, um, well, consider me edified.
2: Uh, so it, the other thing people might remember about Brian Bashnagel was he was the holder.
3: We've talked talked about that. You've mentioned how it's not a bad idea.
2: Right. He's a wide receiver. He's supposed to be able to catch the ball. He's, uh, I would think, one of the 15 or 20 best holders in Bears history.
3: Uh, He's definitely up there. Easy top top 20 holders. Brad Maynard, Bashnagel. Although,
2: I mean, he did hold for Bob Thomas. Bob missed a lot of
3: kicks. Uh, Including what's about to come up here.
2: uh, Oh, yeah, don't spoil that. But I do want to talk yeah, about sorry. this when it, when it happens. Because
3: well, you, did, you did invoke his name.
0: And Bashnagel is across the 30-yard line. So we Will hold at about the 30.
3: 30- okay, so before he kicks this, um, yes, yeah, so it's a 47-yard field goal. Which is laughable that Bob Thomas is going to make a 47-yard.
2: Yeah. And, but at least in the good old days, when you missed a field goal, the other team got the ball from the yard line where you snapped the ball not where the
3: ball is so that's right that was a rule change so, about 20 some odd years ago wasn't so it
2: the uh the if he misses this i don't want to spoil it the vikings are going to take over at the 30 not at the 37.
0: 37 Correct. a 47 yard attempt by thomas the former notre dame star and it is short and no good
1: <laughs> see that? Slow that ball up. Uh, again with the wind yeah line but short
2: Now, I love this because there's a lot of stuff going on. Number one, that kick, 4700, barely made the end zone.
3: It was like... it was so... It was 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 like... Bob calling it short was was very charitable. It was like, sorry, it was like Kyra was (laughs) 65-yarder a couple months ago.
2: Uh, Second thing was, I loved immediately the Johnny alibis for Bob. He does. (laughs) Um, Is this the one where Bob calls Bob Thomas, former Notre Dame great? Bob he Thomas. just did. He okay, just yeah. did there.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I got to
2: chuckle out of that. And there,
3: there is a former Notre Dame great that will make a play in this game, but it's yeah. not Bob Thomas.
2: And the best part, I think, of the whole thing is this is Week Two. The Bears are one and zero. The fans are booing. <laughs> Yes, that's right. I made a note
3: about that. Not only that, this is the Bears team. Yes, they made the playoffs two years before, but they have been an absolute ass franchise at this point for really 15 years. And since the Butkus and Sayers had been gone, I know they have Peyton, but it was just miserable. So they've done nothing. They win their first game. They come in to play the Vikings, who, again, like the expectation should be that you're going to get your ass kicked because that's what they've done for ten years, and uh, they're in the game and they miss a field goal. in the in the actually they, they don't boo after this as much as a later play. I want to see you'll hear it when we play it, but it's after a Phipps incomplete. I want to say, yeah, which is great. You know, September Bears fans. I mean, it, it just I'm impressed that they had such high expectations for a team that had given them so little evidence to to be that way. So so
2: it's still scoreless, and we're going now to actually see our first Viking play from scrimmage. And they are quarterbacked by a young Tommy Kramer,
1: who's mm-hmm. in
2: his first season taking over for uh, That's Incredible host, Fran Tarkin.
3: <laughs> That's right. And, 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 and Tony Robbins' infomercial co-conspirator from the 90s.
0: Could not generate a first down. Last time the Vikings had the ball, he'll put it in the air on his first try here, and it's picked off. The Bears have the football as Terry Schmidt comes up with the interception. Terry Schmidt. Wide
3: open, Terry Schmidt.
2: What year did Terry Schmidt get inducted in the Hall of Fame?
3: You <laughs> might have oh, Wisconsin One other, Hall of
2: he, for whatever reason he was uh, he was a whipping boy in the Dolan ha- household.
3: 100 Uh, miles away, it was absolutely no different in my entire town.
2: My dad and my brother hated Terry Schmidt, and so then Mm -hmm. I grew up hating Terry Schmidt, too.
3: Mm -hmm. Go to old number 44. It was almost permissible to uh, replace his last name by dropping a consonant. Uh, Even when I was eight, it was almost okay. But here he is, giving the Bears the ball deep in Viking
2: territory. So way to go, Terry.
3: Yep.
0: And once again... Chicago is in Minnesota territory.
3: Once again, let cool score this game.
0: Peyton lost two. Second down, 12 from the 29. 20, 20, 20. Phipps back and under pressure. <laughs> they may get him. He slips away. And finally, down he goes. Phipps was not sacked at all last week against Green Bay, but this time Minnesota got it. Hard I to fly.
2: believe. So, Did you, <laughs> one thing... What you, you, Folks, I can't impress playing on how much you need to watch this. This was a thing in the 70s where quarterbacks. Now we're used to watching a quarterback drop back, and they they take the snap, and they turn they turn their hips, and they really they don't you know, they kind of shuffle back. So they're immediate. They're always ready. The ball's always up. They're always ready to pass. In the 70s, Mike Phipps is not alone at this. You would take the snap, hold the ball at your chin, and just run backwards. It's yeah. just the dumbest thing ever. And he's supposed to take a seven-step drop. He takes, like, an 18-step drop. <laughs> he is immediately under siege, and he loses, uh, what? Even he runs forward at the end, he still loses at least 10 yards. I
3: on think what, so.
2: On what, if that's a play you run today, he starts to drop back, he feels pressure, he throws the ball away. Nineteen seventy nine. Yeah. Oh, there's no way we can avoid it. We're going to have to lose 11 yards right. on this play. It's like, no. Better tuck the, no, no,
3: the ball, yeah, and try not to get hurt.
2: Also like that uh, fans are booing again. <laughs> yes,
3: it's after this play where you hear it, I think.
0: The next
2: one. Oh, we got booed on that play.
0: Two wide receivers on the left side. And one of them is Peyton, moving in motion and going out on the pattern. Phipps having trouble getting away and gets <laughs> rid of it in desperation Incomplete. <laughs> there it is. James White was putting the pressure on him, and once again, they used Peyton out on that wide receiver set. Greg-
2: so, we, I mean, they didn't even have the heart to show us. Um, the Bears, I think Terry Schmidt had given them the ball at inside the
3: 30, the 25, something like that. It's the field goal range for most kickers. Maybe not ours.
2: They run three plays and they have to punt because they're yeah.
3: That's why they're they're not
2: just but they're they're not just out of Bob Thomas field goal range. They're out of everybody's field goal range. By the end of that, right, right. They
3: start in field goal range and yeah,
2: yeah. That play was a uh, a side armed pass to nobody. That was what
3: that was what right. fired up the face. It was great. It was, it was, if you watch, it's just back-to-back hilarity. Watch it, like, uh, I don't know, at that point, it's probably a 32-year-old Mike Phipps because he was drafted the same year as Bradshaw in 69. So, yeah, just watching him try to run around, running for his life and getting rid of the ball, it's just, it's, uh, it's quite a sight.
2: But now we are moving ahead to, uh, <laughs> again, still in the first quarter, and uh,
3: the Vikings are punting again. Once again, yeah, punting right in front of their own end zone or in it.
2: Yes, clearly a bear fan is the one who cut this video up. He's like, ah, we're not showing any of that Viking shit. That's right. Uh, Chuck Tommy Foreman, Famer. screw
0: him. Yeah. Coleman standing inside his five to punt for the Vikings. Look, no, no, no. Maybe it's the punter's the dad. First quarter has been oh. in Minnesota territory. What a Johnny, you okay. By Coleman, <laughs> who was also hit on the play, and a flag is down. Schubert brings it back to around the Chicago 35, but Lenny Walderscheid, coming for the block, ran into Coleman, and the flag was thrown. So okay, running so now, into the
3: kicker does not. It actually happened in the Bears game I think recently, but it, you know you don't see it that often. You saw it a lot back then. Go ahead, sorry.
2: What is Greg Coleman probably
3: most famous for? Well, was he the first African American punter in the NFL? I don't uh, know. Is it a cop that he's known for? He could have been. Um, he's
2: he's Vince Coleman's cousin. Oh no way! Yes, I did not know that. That's what I that's what I remember, Greg Coleman. No for. kidding. Yeah. Wow. So, so he
3: he smoked that punt. He did. Um, where was he kidding? Yeah, he got he got rough. I don't know if he got rough to run into, but yeah, he, it was a booming punt. That's yeah. That's it because it's after that where they uh, where they're lining up.
2: there it is. Yeah, he's So he's well. The, the ball is on the fifteen. Yeah. And he's punt. he's way back. He's
3: <laughs> Six, punting from the one. 16, that seems but further than usual. Back up. Do. I, don't Greg. Know, I don't know what ta- how far they normally. But you're right. That's those twelve yards. He's just like for okay. So they, the ball's at like the sixteen. I think. Yeah, he's going to punt from the one.
2: Uh, he's about the five by the time he finishes his kick, and even with the extra room, Len Walterscheid still. Uh...
3: But he punts it to the twenty. It catches at the nineteen, I think. Yeah, so that's it's like a
2: seventy-six yard punt
3: in the air. Yeah, it's oh, 60, over sixty yards in the air.
2: <laughs> and it, poor Franz Schubert had a nice return out to the thirty-five, but he's uh, it's all for yeah. Me.
3: Yeah, you know, bears are still in it zero zero, but it doesn't matter. You're right; it's all for naught because Coleman gets run into.
2: Thanks to Len Walterscheid, way to go, Len. Oh, so Lenny. the Vikings had the ball at the uh, at the twenty. So it must have been at the.
3: Yeah, no, that's oh uh, yeah. Well, he's a five yard penalty, but it might have been a third and short. Yeah. So it gave him the first maybe, down. Who knows? Fourth, maybe, fourth it was, maybe it was not
2: automatic first down if he brought the kicker. I don't know. I don't think maybe there was no then, running. In. I'm surprised there was a five-yarder in 79. I think I've,
3: there was, though. I, I'm surprised, too. But I think because we'll see later. I think there's another case
0: of this, sort of. Keeping it on the ground and pitching it back to Ricky Young and Young, with some running room, has a nice gain on first down before strong safety Doug Plank stopped him. Hey, Doug Plank!
3: Doug Plank reference. Drink. Goal number forty-six.
0: Forever immortalizes the Bears' defense. Second down, three from the twenty-nine. Pitch it back to Ricky Young again. First down Speed. yardage for Minnesota. We Alan got a, Page on
3: the tackle. Probably more sighting coming up here. So.
0: But for the first time, the Vikings Oregon begin to move the ball. Over place. a minute to play in a scoreless first quarter. Kramer with a short drop and quick sideline throw. He finds Ahmad Rashad, and Rashad is pushed out of bounds by Virgil Livers.
2: Oh, a lot of great names in that one
3: clip. Who else? Who did I miss besides well, we Well, we
2: had Ahmad Rashad and Virgil Livers. Oh, yes, yeah, right. I don't know why Come I'd love Virgil to. I, of course, I was a kid. I was sure his name was Virgil Livers. Uh yeah, so Ahmad Rashad. Uh, when he uh he I don't know did he ever, we we talked about this before? Did he ever play in the NFL as Bobby Moore? Bobby Moore? I, I think he did. Nope, no, he, he
3: may have. Okay, yeah, he bounced around. He, he was a decent college player, and he had a good pro career. He had some iconic catches, not a hall of famer. I'm almost certain. Um, you know, it was you know, it, it, um you know, an era of like black liberation. I think like what stands out as far as a lot of African-Americans converting to Islam would be like Muhammad Ali and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And they're both individually iconic. They were great players. They were the best at what they did. Ahmad Rashad wasn't, but he, he sort of got a lot of, um, he was pretty well known, I guess, and maybe even more than his football skills warranted because he was not a Hall of Fame player, but he, you know, he, he had a few really good seasons. And I think also what's interesting watching him out Rashad and seeing Johnny Morris in the booth, like Morris, Rashad would also go in the media, but he almost had uh, absolutely no journalistic pretense. <laughs> And he went in because he's pretty well known, of course. Think? If you watch the great the uh, the Last Dance or whatever, if you live through it, Ahmad Rashad could 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 I guess even uh, fairly be uh, characterized as Michael Jordan's caddy. Let's see. I'm going I'm going to push back there. I
2: think I think Michael wanted to hang out with Ahmad because Ahmad was such a great investigative journalist. He respected yeah, he him so much. Been, you want yeah. to spend time. With. I mean, it's, I think it's pretty common, right, for uh, NBA sideline reporters to to ride two playoff games with the star player of one of the two teams. I think that happens all the time. And to owe them probably thousands of dollars uh, from from the golf course, it seems like that would be fine, journalistically. Now, Ahmad,
1: uh,
2: if he knew he was going to get into the media, it was pretty sad because Bobby Moore, that's, that's a nothing name. Robert yeah. Moore, big deal. Ahmad, that's a good name. He picked it. He picked a good
3: one. It did. It had it had some flair. He it was a It got your attention. We were little kids, even if he wasn't as good as he was. It was you would kind of know who he was. And
2: then Ahmad is in one of the one of the most iconic pictures of the 20th century. It's a picture from his own wedding,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: um, mm-hmm. you know, he married uh, Felicia Allen, who would be uh, who was in uh, Felicia Rashad, who was on um, the Cosby Show.
3: Hmm. Claire Huxtable. Her
2: sister, Debbie Allen, famous dancer and
3: I did not know that. Holy cow, you're dropping all kinds of knowledge on me tonight. And of
2: course, Ahmad's groomsman in his wedding. Bill Cosby and O. J. Simpson. Oof. There is a great picture of that group.
3: Love it. Um, the only other thing is that when, so Ahmad actually did, of course, his segue into media was as a football uh, analyst. That's, you know, what he was going to get paid to do originally. So I think he did do color commentary early on. Uh, you might remember the Thanksgiving, I don't know, circa 1987, 88 when he actually proposed to, at the time, Fe- Felicia Ayers-Allen. She became Felicia Rashad. Right. Uh, live on live on uh, the national pregame show uh, on, on NBC. So, there. I'm sure you can
0: find that on YouTube. ...turn in Minnesota. Big third Ashton one. Big play. Will ever regain Come on, D. Fantastic form. He tries for the first down over the top, and it's going to be very, very close. George,
1: so Chuck well, Foreman's still playing. Right he's Makes at the end of his career. get up and over all that traffic, and it's, as you said, Bob, it's going to be very, very close.
2: To, to oh, be honest with it. you, watching it, I didn't think it was close at all. I thought he got it. and I thought he got it by a yard, and it's fourth and inches. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, right. That was it in was. the good old days when guys like Walter Payton and Chuck Foreman just tried to jump over the pile all the time, which is cool looking, and then kind of ran out of fashion when linebackers figured out uh, how to meet you at that Yeah,
3: spot. right, and in and, and so doing, it probably created some of the greatest highlight reels because uh, that was an incredible thing to see two humans, like two lions, so, jumping at each other.
2: Fourth and inches, scoreless game, still in the first quarter. Ball's on the uh, the Vikings are on their own 46. So I'm sure Bud Grant is just going to send out the punt team. Uh, Buddy's like, Yeah, fuck it, it's the Bears. They couldn't score if we left them alone in the stadium. Let's just go for it.
3: Right, like nowadays, this is so not controversial, and I don't even know if it really was then, but it wasn't that, you, you know, I think it was a little more conservative. Well, I don't know about that. because
2: you're, you're on your side of the, the 50. The current coach of the Bears, well, in, a, know. in an 11-point game in Green 90%. Bay the other night, I know, I know, punted on fourth and inches <laughs>
3: in the fourth quarter. I know, it's, I know. Thanks for reminding me. Even Bud Grant, 1979.
0: From their own 46-yard line, this will be
1: the last play.
0: Of the first quarter, that proves to be wrong. Everybody bunched up at the line of scrimmage, and I think he got it.
1: There's a flag down.
0: Offside.
2: First, King's turn. So I want to talk a little bit about this ref, the black hat. I don't know. I don't know who he is. Um, I couldn't figure it out at first. His, he's very awkward with the with all of the signals. Yes, and it wasn't until uh, a later roughing the kicker, where he gives a rocket kick, that I realized he's left-handed. And I we when do we ever see left-handed refs?
3: Well, if you're a left-handed ref, you still might be inclined to. Learn I know, to but
2: he's doing everything signal. lefty, so it looks everything looks yeah, wrong he keeps, he keeps because it's the body. wrong side. And yeah. of course, he's wearing he's. Everything. He has the baggiest referee out uh, well, uniform you possibly could wear.
3: And since you stopped and talked about the ref, I want to know. Nowadays, uh, all officials now wear black caps and the ref wears a white cap. I think it was the opposite. Like, I don't know why they felt the need to change it, but yeah. the ref is wearing a black cap. But they wear white now. Could it That's simply be for TV purposes?
2: If you, the ref's going to be the one making all the calls. It's easier. If he's to catch the only up one up. in the white. If he, you know, it's easier to find it's the one white hat up. than yeah, to yeah. find the one black That's hat. That's true. It's got to be.
3: You're right. Football being such a
2: TV sport. Yeah, everything absolutely. they do is for TV. So anyway, so the Vikings pick it up, and uh, now they've. Uh, although Bob promised us it was the last play of the first quarter, it's still the first quarter, and they're
0: running a play from the fifty. That's right. To make some noise. They pitch it back to Foreman on the last play of the opening period. Are you sure, he Bob? He a couple before being brought down by Jerry Muckenstern. He's had no, second and eight.
3: That one was, it was the play before where they went for it on fourth down. That was going to be the last play. Yeah.
0: So So what
2: stopped the clock that it wasn't?
3: Uh, the penalty oh, that's right. on the no. defense. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the okay. penalty on the that's defense. Why they, took, wrong. they took the penalty because they got a few more yards. Yeah. They only picked up a yard on the Kramer screen.
2: All right, so we get through the first quarter scoreless.
0: And uh, now Tommy
2: Kramer and the Vikings are on the
0: move. Now from the Chicago 47. Kramer with good protection. Over the middle. Got his man. Chuck Foreman slipping out of the backfield for a big gain. He is inside the Chicago 30. Sting backs on each play to bring in the play for Tommy Kramer. Rookie. And they keep it on the ground with their number one draft choice, Ted Brown. Brown, the rookie out of North Carolina State. Listen to this: yep. the fourth leading ground gainer in NCAA history, behind only Tony Dorsett, Archie Griffin, and Ed Marinaro. <laughs> which what? one of these does not fit?
3: <laughs> which one of which one of these was on Hill Street Blues? Like, We've got uh, like <laughs> we
2: got three Heisman trophies. None of them are Eds, but probably. Uh, do you ever get an Emmy nomination for Hill Street Blues? Cause you had Tony, <laughs> to, went, back months. when he was Tony Dorsett, he won the Heisman at Pitt. Archie won two at Ohio state. And
3: then there's Ed. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. Archie Griffin, of course, is remains, who Bob just mentioned, who remains the only two time Heisman trophy winner. I couldn't even tell you what college Ed Marinara went to. All I know is that when Hill Street Blues came on, uh, on Thursday nights, 10 o'clock, nine central. And my dad watched it. He loved it. And, you know, that iconic piano music. Dun, 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 and, you know, they'd go through the after the whole, let's be careful out there. And my dad would always tell me, the show Ed Marinaro, he got an opening credit. He was a, you know, a screen. He was a, a union actor. He had a real, real job. And he'd always say, Ed Marinaro, he played, and he played football. Uh, that's all I knew, though. Ed Marinaro from Hill Street Blues. Turns out uh, he's in the same company as Tony Dorsett and Archie Griffith.
2: Uh. Ed Marinero went to um, the only school in the Ivy League that really seems like it should be in the Mid-American Conference, Cornell.
3: Okay, sure. Beautiful Ithaca. And he
2: actually finished second in the Heisman Trophy balloting to Pat Sullivan in
3: 1971.
2: Okay. Wow. Wow. Da, da, da. He played right. for the Vikings, the Jets, and the Seahawks, and he played in two Super Bowls for the Vikings.
3: Wow! All right, well, good for Eddie. Yeah. I didn't mean to undersell him. It's just funny to a, a yeah, large. It didn't.
2: It just. It literally just didn't fit. You got. Well, two... <laughs> I mean, Archie was not I... a great NFL player. He was
3: not, but he's an iconic. He's yes, obviously, everybody he, it knows it who has Archie to Griffin is. one of the all-time greatest college football players. One hundred percent.
2: Tony, one of the greatest running backs of all time, yeah, and then, also and great
3: college player. Yeah, and then Ed Martin. I couldn't even tell you his character's name, but...
0: It would be technically possible to get a first down on the one-inch line, but for all intents and purposes, it's second and goal from the eighth, and now they're down around the two-yard line.
3: Foreman again? Yep.
0: Yeah, the old man is working it today. No, it's not. That was uh, uh, that was Ricky, Ricky Young. Young.
3: I didn't know yeah. Ricky Young. Is. Yeah, he'd been around
0: a few years. Young in motion. Kramer rolling right. May keep it himself. Touchdown, Minnesota. Tommy Kramer. Pretty good call. So the Bears pretty, uh, pretty uh, much dominated the first quarter. we don't get Johnny. Able to score, but the Vikings get on the board here on this play.
1: There is five. He playing the pass receiver, Ricky Young, out. And then he has to react, number 47. And it's just too late. And a good play by the Minnesota Vikings. They have taken the lead 7 nothing, in the second quarter. No,
3: Stupid Vikings.
2: I'm not one to uh, besmirch Johnny Morris' analysis. Okay. But I don't think on that play, the left cornerback is responsible for the quarterback. I would think your defensive end is probably the guy who's supposed to tackle the quarterback if he keeps the ball. I don't think the guy who is covering a wide receiver. The easiest thing in the world is to run him off of the line. Uh, I have a feeling Johnny just kind of looked up and saw.
3: Sure. I got to say something, and yet it's still better analysis than O.J. Simpson on uh, William Perry's block.
2: Yeah, I mean, from what we hear of, of Johnny... Uh, Jenny makes some pretty good points. It he was, does
3: actually, he does a lot of, and I, I've referenced it a couple times already and you'll hear it. Cause he does it a few more. He does a little of this, like Ron Santo. And you know, this is kind of a, I guess a Chicago broadcasting tradition that Morris might get some credit as being the founder <laughs> It's just basically not really worrying about grunting no. or kind of letting your, your sort of instinctive reactions get. Uh, well, it's really funny cause important.
2: he did it on the punt and I assumed he did it because when you're watching, I assumed did it because the punt was kicked so far. He clearly yeah. did it because Len Walterscheid hit right. the punter.
3: He's there, like so He's pissed. So. He's like, oh, I thought he went.
2: Oh, like right. oh my god, so, look at so this ba- punt.
3: So basically, Johnny's bringing some homerism. Uh, imagine for a minute how angry. The proud Minnesota Vikings fans were up and watching this game, right? Because the Bears suck. They suck for years. And they have to listen to this broadcast with this homer who's like, you know, who's obviously, uh, you know, got a a tilt, uh, got an angle for the Bears. Actually, I know
2: why he zoomed in on Spivey. What number was Spivey? Forty-seven. What number was Johnny Morris?
3: Was he forty-seven?
2: Glare. He's staring at his own uniform, wondering he's gonna, why he hadn't he, been
3: retired. Yeah, so He's going to pick apart Spivey no matter what he does. So,
2: <laughs> so the Bears are down seven nothing, and uh, now have the ball on their s- own s- on their own thirty.
0: Yep, still second, still second quarter. A touchdown by Kramer a moment ago. The first one yielded by the Golden Richards' motion last week. All they gave up was a Chester Marco field goal against Green Bay. Walter Payton turns the corner. Good game for Walter.
3: That play right there is just a vintage Payton. It's only a seven-yard run, but he picks up the first down. He didn't really have much of a hole. I mean, just little things like that is what I really appreciate. And
2: seemingly for the first time all game, they actually lined him up at halfback depth. And then and ran, ran it tossed to him.
3: Outside of the guards.
2: <laughs> Instead of handing him the ball six inches behind the line. They're like, yeah. hey, let's, especially with yeah. this I mean, I don't want some... I don't want to besmirch, you know, Ted Albrecht and Noah Jackson and whoever right, else is sorry. on this line.
3: Yeah. and Dan Neal
2: But uh Yeah, they Walter needed we talk about David Montgomery having to break three tackles to get to the line of scrimmage. I mean, that was Walter for the first many years of his career.
3: Yes, sir.
0: You and I did the game last year against Tampa Bay when Walker went past the 5,000 yard mark in his career. The only That's man smart. ever to do it sooner in his career was the great Jimmy Brown. Peyton again, small hole turns it into a big No,
3: no sooner does Bob say it than Peyton is another nice one.
0: He is in Minnesota territory. Scott Studwell finally stopped him. On a- do you think uh, Jim Brown,
2: like Tevin Bobcast, is calling Jimmy?
3: Uh, no. <laughs> Probably as much as Walter Payton himself, <laughs> like Mike Murphy calling him Wally. Wally. Yeah. Yeah. Don't call him Wally.
0: Officially Payton with 28 yards on six carries so far. He got eight on that play, setting up second down and two. Bashnagel in motion left to right. Mike Phipps on the handoff to Dave Williams. Williams might have been stopped for a gain of only one, but he forced his way forward for a Chicago first down. Bashnagel on the move. Williams on the carry. Uh, sure, just keep going Three, to Dave Williams. Sure. It'll Sure, a third down play. Now you can... Bears need a yard to keep no. the drive alive. No. Phipps may <laughs> keep it himself. First down, yard. <laughs> <Benny's first down laughs> I'd down say Bobby's growth or Connie's growth is warranted from his there. You see Mike Phipps. Yeah, so the, outside I
3: mean, the, the end for a first down. So
2: everybody in Soldier's Field thinks that you know, well, you need a yard. Just give it to Walter. No, they run. And they run a quarterback sweep with Mike Phipps. That's why Johnny's like, oh. But Phipps got him <laughs> without, without any it
0: picked, This is Phipps's year. On the field as the Bears one six three last Sunday against Green Bay here. With a short drop oh. and quick throw to the sideline, Johnny's, Johnny's Scott. into this game, Scott man. Spinning away from and there's Brad James Devin. Scott, Scott who led the Bears with 42 receptions a year ago. <laughs> That's the most the most Bear comment ever. Oh, was there? I
2: forget. 1970? Did they only play six games? I'm sure you. Is that what them. happened?
3: Be sure you racked that clip and played it at the beginning when you're done tonight.
2: <laughs> the team with
3: 42 receptions. <laughs> this, is, this is from 1941, right? Yeah, no, no, no. This, I, mean, yeah, I know it's 40-some-odd years ago. Then we had that incident 40. in the islands, and
1: everything changed. <laughs> In-year veteran from Purdue, Mike Tricks. We're going to double James Scott.
0: And they go to Payton on the draw, and they do not
2: get the first down. John is just going, ugh, on every play now. It's,
0: come on, buddy.
1: The 39-yard line. He was short from
0: 47 yards in the first quarter. This one considerably shorter, and he puts it through. A 39-yard connection by Bob Thomas, and that cuts the Minnesota lead down to 7-3 with 6:47 to play in quarter number two. The game against So that's about. I
2: figure that's the extent of Bob Thomas's range. It's 39 yards. All right. So the Bears. Uh, so it's now 7-3. It's a shootout on the lakefront. Yep, And the Vikings have the ball now at their own 31 and a half. Going left to right on your radio
0: computer dial. Thanks, Al. A week ago, which helped set up the winning touchdown. Pitch back to Foreman. No, when nowhere, are they going to use the rookie? They keep using Muckintern the old man. The sec- I, I still,
2: how is there a guy named Muckintern?
3: Yes, right. Just,
2: that's great. That's, Muck. it's great. So, Jim Osborne, who owned a uh, a car dealership in Freeport, Illinois, for a long time. Did he
3: really? Yes. So, you have some Jim Osborne. We've talked about him before. And, like, he he, he was really a good player. He was a good lineman. He's a good complement to Page and Page's uh, sunset years. Yeah, his Uh, biggest problem was that he... Was born
2: a little too soon, right? Right. He missed because he was. I think he finished in '84, and then they went. He was to on the
3: '84 so cool. team, but he might not have even have in the playoffs. Uh, uh, yeah, but he was. He was a. He was a regular presence uh, the first part of the '80s in the late '70s. Secondary
0: has done a good job on him. Third down and eleven. All kinds of pressure. He eludes Hartenstein. He eludes Muffinsberry, and Hartenstein goes behind. Here's your guy.
2: Mike Hartenstein. Mike Hartenstein. This prettier words have never been spoken than Costas did there. With he eludes Hartenstein, he eludes no, Muck no, and Stern. He, no, he
3: eludes right. And then he <laughs> is caught like, by
2: Hartenstein. It's
3: almost like if you're going to broadcasting school, you have to say that
2: you know articulately. Yeah. See, it was the tinker's to ever to chance of. The 70s. (laughs) Hartenstein and and Muckenstern. Oh, yeah. And so now, uh, despite the fact that the Bears offense is a juggernaut so far today, there's a quarterback change.
3: Vince Evans. There he is. Is coming in. We are uh, now officially two-thirds of the way towards a official Vince Fipsilini, but unfortunately will not happen.
2: Well, unfortunately for you, not for me. I yeah, right. Triggered yeah. by the sight <laughs> Unfortunately for all of
0: us. By all kinds of cheering from the Chicago fans, he is their number one choice. He pitches back to Walter Payton on his first play from scrimmage. Walter finds Love some him. daylight. A flag is thrown as he gets out across midfield. Number eighty-seven holding.
3: I don't even know who eighty-seven is. Tommy Waddle. Yeah. But he ruined a nice Peyton run, and you know if you run. cue that when you see it, folks, it's around the 850 mark. W- one thing that you know, you for- I had for- almost forgotten about Peyton. I love watching these highlights; is the- how much he enjoyed delivering the blows. He, you know, there's always a contrast that Jim Brown was 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 very happy to make between Peyton and Franco Harris. Franco had that reputation for always going out of bounds. Uh, Peyton. Like, he was going out of bounds on this play. Like, you know, he's not going to get a home any more yards. But, like, before, he's like, well, before I go out of bounds, I'm going to run up field, drop my shoulder, and fucking put a hit on this little-ass D-back that thinks he's going to bring me down before I go out of bounds. It was, it's just beautiful. What struck me about this
2: play was uh, a at the beginning. Bear fans super excited that Vince Evans is in the game. That might be the only time. <laughs> well, no, that isn't happens. that isn't that the narrative? Though? The the, the, the back, he
3: is the backup quarterback
2: yes. at the. Like, the all right, if of I the have day. to see this fucking Mike Phipps one more time, hey, it's right. another, it's a different guy. Yeah, yes, the,
3: the backup quarterback in Chicago is a, a perennially a folk hero. Absolutely.
0: 3rd and 21 From his own
1: 25 No blitz oh.
0: And the pass knocked down <laughs> No blitz
1: oh. and, and he still got Andy saved Andy
0: Holloway got in there that time That is the third deflected pass By the Minnesota front and Alright
2: so um, The Bears fourth time for the Bears We don't see the punt We see the Vikings at the ball At the at their own 35 and it's third down so here we go. Yep.
0: And 2:42 on the clock. Kramer has time. Now that protection breaks down, and Tommy Kramer is sacked. Had to be a good job by the Bears secondary, because Kramer did have enough time initially.
3: Paul- that was Jim Osborne, by the way. I think he got credit for the sack. They don't mention Alan Page, who may have gotten a half sack, but his name will come up later.
0: Yep. Coleman getting set to punt. Bears have a couple of minutes to work with once they <laughs> get the, the ball. Johnny the beat ball. Schubert across the 35, across the 40, and out of bounds. Good field position for Chicago, and a minute 59 left in the
2: half. Folks, you got to see this. Schubert gets up so much speed in such a short amount of time. Yeah. When he gets out of bounds, he has to run past the Vikings, jump over their bench, and into the Honey Bears.
3: <laughs> the Honey Bears.
2: Yeah, this is what, a good, this is five years before? Six.
3: The Super Bowl season was okay. the last year Six of the Honey Bears. years before Vance put
2: the... With the combine. yeah, and uh,
3: those, I know tr- those, yeah, those trumpets, those trumpets, I should say, or trumpets, which, yeah, trumpets too. They didn't even replace them with a marching band.
0: Rose Bowl MVP back in nineteen seventy-seven. Vince Evans was the Rose Bowl he MVP. It must have been. so. it's got to be true. Blake Phipps, midway through the second quarter for the Bears, he pitches back to Walter Payton. Walter turns oh. the corner, has another five. one, <laughs> <delivers the> <laughs> an
3: Now this is the play. started so considerably from the. All right, this is the play that I talked about at the beginning. This is like the first time I, like my eyes were drawn to the TV. A couple of family members were at the game. My brother is like Brian's, like you know watching it with me, and he's into it because he's older. But this is the this is why the uh, Finn Evans is the first quarterback I think of when uh, when asked. The doldrums they found
0: themselves in last season. Evans airs go. one out deep. He wants Scott. He's oh, got him. Touchdown.
1: This is the Let's view that is in my head. As Vince Evans with the fake of Walter, which holds him for just a second. Here Pretty comes good the camera work for 79 much, And he just threw it as far as he could. You're going to see Allen fall right here, and he kind of hits onto Scott's feet, but the pass was perfect, right in the red basket. Touchdown, Chicago Bears.
2: So Vince threw that ball sixty yards in the air. On a dime, hit hit him right in the hands. Uh, one of the things I love about Johnny, he does it a lot, is he just gives you the guy's number for no apparent reason. <laughs> number 89. It's like, yeah, we we just saw him.
3: Johnny, I'm yeah, at home in my living TV. room. I don't have a program.
2: He's like the opposite of uh, Jeff Joni. Right, He's telling you Jeff things finished. that he knows you can see instead of not telling you things that you can't. <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Soldier Field is, is – speaking. look, there is a marching band back there. Look how
3: happy they are. Oh, those are trumpets. You know, I, I, I think it's an obvious point, too. I think Vince Evans may or may not the it's hard to tell with the Bears' ineptitude on offense at the time. I think he pretty clearly was probably the victim of, of racial prejudice when it came to the quarterback position. They already mentioned he was the MVP of the Rose Bowl in 77. He throws the ball 60 goddamn yards in the air here. Uh, his failure with the Bears, I don't think, was a result of that. They just didn't really know what they were doing. They got more miserable after the season. But you know, they lost the division this year to Doug Williams in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who was one of the most one of the first prominent black quarterbacks. Who eventually, with the Redskins and Joe Gibbs, became the first black quarterback at the Super Bowl. Uh, and I think that was a bias that took a long time to overcome. I'm just throwing it out there. Watching this game, watching that throw, hearing that Evans was an MVP of the Rose Bowl, and saying, "Well, you know." Well, I, he was drafted by the bears that's a definite mitigating circumstance but who' even knows if there was you know uh maybe a a, a quick trigger to pull him or whatever and they just didn't develop the same way but i he probably was part of this group that was you know, a little bit uh you know sold short just because of the color of their skin yeah, so we, heard,
2: we heard the Rose Bowl mVp um went to you know we went to usc went to a big school.
3: Yeah, pack 10.
2: So what do you think? Bears used a second round pick on Vince Evans? The third round pick on Vince Evans? Second or third. He was a sixth round pick. Wow. He was the ninth quarterback taken. Yeah. Here so, were the, uh, here were the quarterbacks taken before Vince Evans. And this, I'm sure Vince had Vince had this game circled on his calendar. <laughs> First quarterback taken. Tommy Kramer. Steve Pasarkowitz. From uh, who we talked about last week, right? We did. The Cardinals. Wait.
3: Yeah, holy
2: crap. 19th overall pick. The other first round pick that year, a quarterback, Tommy Kramer.
3: Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm sure I'm sure Vince had a B in his bonnet on this.
2: We talked team. about most of these guys. Then the next one, a second rounder, Glenn Carano, who we know got his only career win ever on Thanksgiving against the just, Bears,
3: just like uh yeah, Drew Henson years later, the only two times the Bears and Cowboys played on Thanksgiving. Yep.
2: No quarterback taken till the fourth round when the Rams took Vince Ferragamo.
3: Wow, who would take the Rams to the Super Bowl in this season that we're watching this game in? Uh, Buffalo
2: took Fred Bassana, whoever that is. Fred went to Cal, didn't play
3: Mm -hmm. in the NFL. So even he was taken ahead of Vince Evans, who went to the more prominent California. Yes.
2: Northwestern quarterback Randy Dean went in the fifth round of the Giants.
3: Jesus Christ, Northwestern had a quarterback drafted in 77.
2: Multiple Super Bowl uh, winner Cliff Stout went in the fifth round. To the Steelers.
3: So you got the you got Stallbacks back up and or maybe not. Yeah, a little bit, but and then Bradshaw's back up in the same draft. Yeah. Uh
2: then uh, the Chargers took Cliff Olander out of New Mexico State.
3: Well, he wasn't gonna And then with the hundred
2: and fortieth pick, the Bears took Vince Evans.
3: I think that's fair. I'm sure he's the first black quarterback taken in that draft. So anyway. But, yeah, it was a hell of a throw. And James Scott, we didn't really go into him. They always used to say, James Scott came over from the WFL like that was supposed to mean something. They always mention it. He played for the Chicago Fire. I don't even know what the WFL was. I just know that James Scott did not come directly to the NFL from college but bounced around in this other league that, you know, you don't really hear about. And uh, he was their top. He turned out to be their top receiver for a few
2: years. Probably the so well, yeah, he probably has the third most <laughs> receiving yards in Bear history. Yeah, I 42 think 42 catches. That's overtime. probably enough to crack the top 10.
3: 42 catches in 1978.
0: Boy, he couldn't have taken that in better stride. Very nice spike, too. Really There's job. Golden Richards. And Greg Latta. Yeah. the same shot. It, yep. And it's Ted Brown who takes it across the 20. Bumble as he's hit. Loose this football. is amazing. And let's see who comes up with it. Still free, squirts free into the end zone.
3: Johnny grunting.
0: And we might have a safety coming up. We do. Yep. Tim Baylor came up with it from Minnesota after it crossed the end line. And it's a safety. And the Vikings will have to kick the ball back to the Bears. Because otherwise, the Bears might have had first and 10 at the Minnesota 5. There's he, hit in the- so he fumbles the ball
2: at the 24-yard line. <laughs> Right. It and it ends up out. a safety, and uh-huh. it's not one of those where like six players push it forward trying to pick it up. Just a couple. When he gets nailed, the ball rolls. The just ball takes just off. Out,
1: and then it was a foot. I guess you're right. Yeah, the Chicago way the Bayesian way. After it, and only one minute yeah, It's it's, Vikings, it's inside it the ten before, before anybody, at anybody at gets to it. The number eight and So it we'll was sixteen yards. But number sixty-seven Lord, Dennis really helped out there a little bit. He got the ball. To go forward more and backwards, I the should say, and finally it goes out of the end zone right, with an They're automatic working. safety. The Vikings will have to punt for the Bears. The score is now twelve-seven, Chicago. All right. I like that.
2: Johnny called it an automatic safety. <laughs> what other kind are there?
3: Can you, is there a manual version yes. that we can? Right. We
2: got the, would you like execute. the four-speed or the five-speed safety, John? Talk to Jim Osborne. He's going to buy a well, car
3: dealership. He'll look up. But. Nice. By the way, great soldier field fact coming up here in just a second.
2: Oh, yeah, about how old it is. <laughs> it's
0: about in the only thing that's brand new here, the place built in 1924, the oldest facility in use in the NFL. Schubert takes <laughs> Still, a kick, finds it, a hole, good turn. You no, know, that's coming on the heels. to break Chicago's way.
3: It's coming on the heels of him basically He's saying it's it. one of the few new things in stadium. Like yeah, the stadium. What, yeah, what was he, he was talking, talking about? about? I'm gonna guess the scoreboard. <laughs> Something. Uh, no, because that that big scoreboard was not there in '79. I'm gonna say possibly uh, the uh, what would it be? They added gotta, a toilet. No, the north <laughs> one. The, uh, the the north stands mm. because Soldier Field, as you see it in this picture, is different from Soldier Field when they first moved in in '71. In '71, they didn't modify the seating. And so it was that humongous track stadium, and so the seats, the yeah. original seats in the north uh, end zone, were like sixty yards from the end zone. And I remember, like, because our seats were our seats were on the uh, northeast, and if you went under our seats and kind of walked north underneath the stands, you'd go behind this wall and you would see, uh, like these, the, it was like being in the Roman Coliseum, not really, because it's you know whatever, but it's, it's like older. you'd see like this old than the concrete. Roman Right, right. You can see like these old concrete steps that were behind it. They built permanent stands. I think is what they did. They built permanent stands to to cut that off. But prior to then, they put up the old bleachers like they would do in Wrigley Field uh, to bring the fans closer to the north end zone. But behind them was the real end zone, which was there. And then for years, it was just this you know this abandoned uh, you know empty place that sat behind the the you know. However, it worked with a chicago park district built permanent stands to close off the bowl into more of a football stadium
2: yeah because the original soldier field was a huge oval yep um for track and for indie car racing with a tiny football field <laughs> was, in the middle of it, it was two miles right. around just like it just like at the right. Indianapolis speedway um, it's huge and so yeah they so one, if they had if they had used the original seats, they had to pick one end or the other to shove the field to. If they exactly. had used those, if you were sitting on the North End Zone, you would have been like a right. different area. Which coach people trying did to watch the, the game,
3: right? Which people did in the '40s and '50s when people were crazy about football uh, in the '50s, and they didn't have a Pro Bowl. But every year, they had the NFL champion would play a team of college all-stars. And every year, it was at Soldier Field. Also, I'm fairly confident that this took place at Soldier Field every year back then. The Chicago Catholic League uh, football championship was played there. And I'm pretty sure, which sounds insane now, but like people were crazy about, you know, Good, cheap football. The the Catholic League game would be sold out. That sounds incredible. That that can't be true. But certainly the college all-stars uh, versus the NFL champion at, at the old at soldier field long before the Bears moved in there with uh, with uh, without being modified and having 100,000 seats and having the north end zone, wherever they put the field, uh, would be like a sellout. So I can't imagine being all the way in the north end. Now, you can't see what that the, you the, talk about. Rather watching the game at home on TV, you definitely do it then.
2: I think what the McCaskey should do is the new stadium they build in Arlington Heights, they should just rebuild the original Soldier Field.
3: <laughs> they have the <laughs> land. They have like a hundred, countless acres. Oh, it's great. Look at all the people we get in here. Right. This oh. is just like my childhood <laughs> <That's> cotillion. <right. laughs> we used
2: to have picnics over here. That's great, badge. That's <laughs> not off. All right, so the Bears are rolling now. They are, they're up 9-7 as a result of the safety. No, they're not. They're up 12-7 because I forgot about the Bob uh, Thomas field goal. That's
3: right. That's 5-point They're up 12-7. Uh,
2: as you heard, uh, Franz Schubert uh, had a nice return on the free kick, so the Bears have the ball at, uh, looks like, about their own 38 to start this Yep. Round
0: with golden richards in motion pitch back to walter payton change of direction daylight for walter look out here he goes it was not their own 38 across it was, the the, ten, it, was yeah, nice, uh, yeah, it was their 44
3: yeah how long yeah their therefore it was the minnesota 44 not the bears 38 yeah. I'm it's, not, it's i'm not good at math. yeah yeah it's a great Peyton run. It doesn't involve the brutality that he had been bringing in earlier plays in this game. It actually involves the absolute fucking elegance that he was also capable of. He just moves around. He doesn't have to like knock oh, yeah. anybody over, which he could also do. But yeah, let's, let's take a look at this again and cue uh, it up, folks. Eleven fifty-eight, I think, is when the yeah, play so Franz,
2: starts. Yeah, Franz returns it to the. Yeah, I was just thinking I was on the other side. Of the, forty-four looks like the Viking forty-four. Yep. Yep, Viking Forty
0: Four. With Golden Richards in motion, pitch back to Walter Payton. Change of direction. Daylight for Walter. Look out! Here he goes. Fifteen across the ten, across the five. Touchdown, Walter Payton!
2: <laughs> what a runner, what <laughs> a runner! tries to Walter throw him Payton. into the stands.
1: Man Congratulations. Boston, Richards, back you, you take to home Walter Payton. No I love how excited there. Johnny Morris is, too. What here. a runner. What a runner. Of Nate Allen, he's 89 up. and 25. Here's where Walter shifts the ball, waits for Scott to throw his block, and then cuts back into the end zone. He does it all. He does so it all. And, like, Johnny, is, it's like,
3: kind of fun to, like, capture Johnny's exuberance because he is a fan, obviously. He's, he's made Chicago his home. He's been there forever. He, he was a broadcaster covering these shitty teams for years and um and and meanwhile you know he's covering the Vikings who are as we've already established are beating the bears like a drum year in and year out so you know it's kind of fun to watch this you get this feeling that Johnny Morris in particular is enjoying this
2: yeah it's a it's a great run and it's um I noticed it on this and on a couple of runs later in the game uh for as lousy as the bears receivers might have been at actually catching the ball they could block they are really good blockers. A maybe we're McKinnis. just not used to seeing receivers actually block anymore down the field. They just kind of, of course, we yeah. had the example of Allen Robinson just kind of slowly running oh, by a it. Packer. <laughs> um, well,
3: he stood in front of him for a bit. Yeah. He's, He's off. He's like, I'm going to go to, I'm going to get some Gatorade. But
2: Golden and, um, what's his name from the World Football League? With um, James Scott. James Scott are blocking. Down, they're, they get down to the five yard line they're still blocking. Yeah. And it's the reason Walter scores.
3: And Peyton was reading the field like yeah. the fucking Terminator and just he didn't even get touched. And, and, and Walter does. Walter,
2: years. it looks like makes it kind of easy to block because he's using you. He's just going to cut right off of you. <laughs> right. So just, you know, get it, get in that guy's way. And then he won't I'll he'll he's just going to run into you while I go.
3: by. You, you picture Peyton just putting his hand on the back of the blocker, <laughs> you know, go this way and then I'm
0: going to go the other way of the second half have been a nightmare for Bud Grant over the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, in
3: your face, Bud Let's Grant.
0: let Peyton again as he scoots 43 yards for six points. He's now 12 times. I mean, the, times this run itself yards. would be on the, all, the, the, the Walter Payton High Rate right, Highlight reel, I'm guessing.
2: But so we're we're already in the third quarter and the Bears are up now 19 to seven. And he said Walter has what 83 yards? Is that what he just said? Walter has.
3: 12 carries, 84 yards. 84. All right.
2: He's going to get a lot more, folks.
0: Yep. All right. Rashad, Rashad is wide yeah. to the left. Kramer looks for Rashad. Rashad makes a little turn-in move, and turns what should have been a short gain into a big one. Nice That's play, Bobby. Moore. Was in December of 1973 when Paul Warfield did it for the Miami Dolphins. Ted Brown carries, good blocking, and shoved out of bounds as he gets into bear territory across the 45. Illinois product, he's played middle linebacker pretty well for the Bears. Ah, he's talking about He's got his man. It's Doug Cunningham, and Cunningham, the free agent rookie out of Rice, is inside the thirty yard line of the
2: Bears. So the, the Vikings are driving here. They're down to they're, yeah. they're at the thirty. The touchdown they can make, make a game out of it. It'd be nineteen fourteen. Yep. I don't know if he should we talking about Budgus he was talking about uh,
3: well tom hicks number 54 not brian Erlacher, and also not brian cabral um we talked about this tom hicks i think was on that I don't, I don't know he he was their linebacker and he i just found this out i didn't know this but he was an illinois grad so somehow oh. tom hicks must have made a play off yeah. camera that we didn't see and that of course gives bob the opportunity to invoke uh, not only illinois graduate but C- chicago vocational high school graduate local guy dick butkus legend
0: Oh, here they come. No, oh, they drop off.
3: Oh, did, All right, Johnny. All right, all right.
0: Kramer in trouble nonetheless. This is great. And down he goes. Alan Page got there. And he's got to relish that play against his old Viking teammates. They mob him on the sideline.
1: He does okay for 220 pounds, doesn't he?
3: You hear that? Johnny throwing some shade at, at Bud Grant. In case you guys don't know, that is an absolute reference to the fact that the Vikings... First of all, that's us just... I, I, we may have talked about it before. I just – because we're covering this game and Alan Page is, is very evident in, in this in this uh, video – in this game. You probably remember Alan Page because he played through the 81 season. And I, I thought he was awesome, but he was not like – as it turns out, he was at the end of his career. I didn't know that. I didn't know he had this whole previous existence. And you, look, and you dig back and you realize Alan Page is one of the most – he is one of the, the, the most – Significant players in NFL history, bar none. He, you know, first of all, the guy wins uh, a national championship with Notre Dame in the '60s. The first-round pick, he is one of the few Vikings, along with Jim Marshall, who played on all four Super Bowl Viking teams. He became the first and remains only one of two uh, defensive players to have won the league MVP award, which I think he did in '71 or '72. Lawrence Taylor replicated that in '86. Obviously, another incredibly unique and, 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 you know, just a great player uh page was just by all accounts just an incredible football player and then he was so much more than that because while he was playing for the Vikings and leading their defensive line to the Super Bowl he was you know studying for his law degree at the University of Minnesota of course he graduated from not just an exceptional person and of course his pursuit of a law degree probably didn't really you know impress bud grant and the coaching staff because of course it's outside of the scope of football. And I think bud grants pretty clearly, you know, very much a football guy, but the other thing that Alan Page started to do, because he has interests, heaven forbid, that extend beyond football, and also looking out for his physical health, uh, especially considering that he plays football, was that he became a long-distance runner, and he started training for marathons, and of course, when you're, I don't know what his playing weight was in 74, 75, 76, but uh, a guy like that, he's a big, he was a huge guy, he, he was uh, he was a sort of a, you know, a, a breakthrough type of a, a player, he was a kind of unprecedented in size and speed and strength, uh, but once he started training for marathons, he lost a little bit of weight. Or whatever, I think he finished his first marathon like in seventy-seven or so. The Vikings just wouldn't put up with that sort of, uh, you know, somebody having interest in pursuits outside of the football, and they used the marathon training as an excuse to fucking cut his ass. This absolute, you know, historic uh, football player that was still playing well, uh, saying that he, he had lost too much weight because he was training and this and that. And so the bears were the beneficiaries. And I think page of course had something to prove, you know, he wasn't, you know, as I've demonstrated, he wasn't a frigging football meatball. Like he, it wasn't like that was all that was important to him, but he had pride and he was very, and he blocked the ball that Chester Markle returned for a touchdown. He was always like blocking kicks. He's, we see him with this sack here. He still had something to give. And that, is just providing that, that long-winded rant is there to provide context. That Johnny Morris's very shady comment about he looks okay for 220 pounds, doesn't he? Because motherfucking Alan Page just shoved that right in Bud Grant's face right there, and that's a beautiful thing. So uh,
2: he's listed on Pro Football Reference as six four, two forty-five. So if yep. he, so at the end of his career, according to Johnny, he was down, he was cutting weight down to two twenty, which yeah. pissed Bud off. Um, he was the, uh, NFL MVP in 1971. He finished third in voting in 1970. Wow. And to give a little, um, so obviously he was, he was a great player for the Vikings. He had a hundred and eight sacks in 12 years, uh, for the Vikings. He played 58 games for the bears. How many sacks do you think Alan Page had in four years with the bears?
3: Uh, I want to be conservative. I don't want to, like, continue to blow up the myth of Alan Page. I want to say he had uh, tw- 25 would be pretty fucking impressive, frankly. He didn't have 25. He had 40. Jesus Christ. Wow. <laughs> the, the, he was drafted in 67. He's, like, in his mid to late But
2: this, 30s. Is the, this is the best part. So he played, in 1978, he played six games for the Vikings without a sack. He played 10 games for the Bears. Had eleven and a half. <laughs> Wow. 79, he had 10. and 80, he had 9.5. And, and in his final season, 1981, at 36 years old, he had
3: 9 sacks. You think he had something to prove? Motherfucker. That's beautiful. I love it. I don't, I didn't really have much animosity towards Bud Grant until we started doing this a year and a half ago. You know, I just, I respect him and he was a great coach, but I, I, I feel a little bit satisfied when he gets his comeuppance. I mean, I don't
2: know. I can't see it from the sheet. I have a feeling that those six games the year that he came to the Bears, the Vikings were playing. I mean, how else does Alan Page play six games and not get a single sack? And then he goes to the Bears and gets eleven and a half in ten games. So clearly, yeah,
3: maybe been a maybe been a holdout or something.
2: Well, it said he played in six games though. Okay. Wow. But, I mean, I wonder like if they know were. The st- hey, why don't you go? You play on the kick team.
3: You can go. What a what a block for extra points, Alan. What a bunch of ingrates, man. He is like one of the greatest players ever, and that and he was only ten years in the league, and that's how they they treated him. But he got he got the last laugh, so it's a it's a happy ending.
2: So after the sack, the Vikings must punt. Uh, Vince Evans and the Bears have the ball at the three, four?
0: The sun obscured my view. Now they have seven seconds to get it off, and they do. Walter Payton on third down. Does he keep their drive alive? He does. Walter Payton got the first down. It's just
2: a sweep for a first down in the third quarter. And do you see Noah Jackson? Yeah, he runs through the middle of the TV screen with his arms in the air like they just scored a touchdown.
3: They are beating the Vikings. Didn't happen a lot.
0: Richard's wide left, back set up in the eye, and they pitch it back to Walker. Needs three yards. Oh, to turn back to get them, a struggling forward. And I think he's going to be short. They're prepared to go with a heavy rush. He Everybody coming after it. Parsons is hit. Do they throw the flag? Yes. Yes. They throw the flag down. The return is academic by Keith Nord. He's cut down quickly. But they ran into Parsons, and the Bears are going to keep the ball. I mean, how could
2: you run into – Bob Parsons,
3: For, former tight end. Bob Parsons. All
2: right, here comes. Watch. No, well, you can watch this and anyway, the the kick on the. Uh, oh, that's right. Is very amusing
3: here. What is the call? Yeah, personal it. foul. Oh, it is a personal. <laughs> foul. Number forty-five running into the kicker. <laughs> he, he, he got I really never... into that. He extended farther than Bob did. That's He's a quite couple a kick. steps away from giving the business guy.
0: <laughs> First down. Six,
3: four, 30. Oh.
0: Oh, sevens. look the out for Johnny, the on bring the, Peyton he's around the right side. What a great he loses a couple, another, he stays on run the out of the bounds.
3: Walter well, just breaking the Vikings first heart.
0: Down Chicago. So was
2: it was it the year before? Two years before. He ran for the two hundred and seventy five yards against them.
3: And eighteen hundred for the season and won the league MVP, Peyton, seventy seven.
2: So he's been wearing the Vikings out. And yeah. the Bears are in a position where they're just trying to run the – they have a – what? They have a 19-7 to 7 lead. So they're 12-point lead. And they're just trying to run it out. And the Vikings know they're going to – Walter's going to run the ball on pretty much every play, and they can't come close to stop
3: it. This is what it's like when you've got one of the greatest running ba- – I mean, you know,
0: of all time. They'll try him again. Left side. And and he's, out out three, three, he's ripping off eight Some, or nine
1: yards carried, number 65. Yeah. And uh, Hannon took a lot of punishment making this tackle. There's Dave Williams out in front. Two bucks. what 65 and 69. Really sorry. Here's 65 Jackson. He's out in front and Hannon is there and there's a big collision. And Hannon. Okay. Well, he named everybody take down about 500 pounds of beef to make that tackle.
2: Hello. Yeah. As Bob was going to say before I interrupt him, uh, Walter has 113 yards on 17 carries in the game. Yep.
0: 75 in one contest and he did that against the vikings dave williams has the first down he found the whole volume's doing some work today and more big yardage for the bears 37 both in motion it's like motion. he's
1: doing hand that's now a in. false start
0: in anyway Look has a lot of the entire minnesota team oh. on the here comes oh. roe oh. and again walter breaking into some daylight and Walter Payton into Minnesota territory before strong safety Tommy Hammond made the tackle. Lead back. So,
2: one thing I noticed that Bob's not doing,
0: he's not, you know, maybe he
2: doesn't have a spotter, the spotter's just trying to tell him who's making the tackles. Nowadays, you always hear, so unless Jeff Joniak is doing it, you always hear how many yards these carries
3: he's not are. telling us okay
2: unless he's yeah. maybe he catches up you know they, they he finishes the call and then they tell him and then he's like well it was a 27 yard run for peyton but walter's yeah, ripping we, off we don't 90, know that's right. like a 25 yard run there and we don't he's
3: not telling us in real time you're right, right. i don't know if this costas guy is gonna make it
1: yeah dave williams number 22 You'll see him downfield. There it is right there. It's to the right of your screen. He's down. He knocked the linebacker. Matt Blair down, and Peyton took off, and Hannon had to make the tackle again as the Chicago Bears.
0: Are- John McEnroe for the men's title. Then oh, Seven's dropping back tets. on first and ten. Right. Got a man open. The James U.S. Scott open. skips out of bounds, stops the clock with 3.04 to play. Man, James
2: Scott is at quite a pace. He's going to blow by that 42 Try. catches.
3: That's his goal. I Might heard. get forty three or four. which is uh, three catches a game.
0: (laughs) Walter Bates, for the first down, he just lowered his head and pulled forward for two or three extra yards. That's right. That 19-7 lead. So this is interesting here. Uh Evans fakes, keeps it himself, he's in trouble. Can he get a pass off? They're gonna say he was down right there. That's the new rule this year in the NFL, and we knew that some Controversies when they instituted this rule, Johnny. So go ahead and explain
2: it. Well, they're trying, <laughs> we'll let Johnny explain in a second.
3: Well, like, first of all, yeah, Johnny's got his explanation, but um, in the grasp, it never gets called unless it's obvious, like now, right? Like, it what? was defined because I remember when they got rid of it. I swear to god, this happened in 1995 in that ridiculous Eric Kramer year that countless times Kramer escaped being sacked, but they blew and the guy they changed the rule. Somehow I could be completely
2: uh, out of left field. Well, it's, I, what struck me when I watched this was, it's clearly this is this is the first time Johnny Morris and Bob Costas have ever seen in the grasp. So it must've been, this is, must be the year of the rule. That's why Bob's going to have Johnny. It, it, and Johnny will talk about it.
3: Yes, he does explain it.
2: Um, yeah. And you're right. It's a rule that has been like, we grew up and it was the rule and nobody understood when it should be, actually be used. And it's then totally they got rid of it. And then, um, now it's like sometimes they'll they' will blow a play yes. dead if they think the quarterback is obvious. in danger of getting killed. That's right
3: Well, and that's why they instituted this archaic this earlier version yeah. of it in 7879 but um for the quarterback safety
2: if if in the grasp
3: was still a rule um,
2: there is a key play in a Super Bowl. That would not have happened, and that Eli, would have been right? yes, the, the helmet catch. Yeah, yeah. Because Eli, honestly, they probably they would have been well within their rights to have blow the whistle. Because he was, at one point, he's basically standing still with two Patriots holding on to, right. and right. then he shrugs it off and makes the pass. But somehow, um, well, let's see yep. what Johnny says. The
3: rule is yes. What was going on in 1978 that necessitated this rule?
1: Trying to protect the quarterbacks. Uh, remember the injury to Kramer last uh, year when he got thrown on his head? Well, those kinds of injuries have prompted <laughs> the officials to, oh, sure. to the NFL to make rule change that if the quarterback is in the grasp of somebody, they're going to blow the whistle for his own protection. Right.
2: I got I got a bone to pick with Johnny. I guarantee you, uh, Tommy Kramer didn't remember getting dumped in the head. <laughs> He's way too drunk to have remembered <laughs> <laughs> that he got hit in the head. And I'm sure he yes. told the ref that. I don't feel anything. I had eight Budweiser's at halftime.
0: I'm going right. to be
3: fine. I'm good. I'm good. Give me the ball.
0: Two from the 36. Evans dropping straight back under pressure. Lobs one out of there. Man wide open. Dave Williams to about the 17 where he loses the football. No. And Minnesota may have come up with it. Come on, Dave. We're trying up. to Way put
3: to the game away. Way to go, Dave.
2: Maybe he fumbled on purpose thinking that Golden Richards was going to scoop it up and run it in for a touchdown. Well,
3: and it's going to come up in a minute. Well, I'll just wait till it comes up. But Mar- but Walter Payton is actually um, very close to approaching a rushing record. Yeah. A, sig- a significant one in this game. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk which, about that.
0: Yeah, talk so, about that. Right. Rashad coming out of the backfield He's on going duck to the right side. Doug Plank. And Kramer finds Rashad. Nice he breaks play away by from some tacklers, but then slips down at about the 42. They're close. So it's nice that Johnny is
2: calling out to—I don't know who—that uh, uh, Ahmad Rashad <laughs> is being covered by Doug Plank. Nice. No, it's like yelling into the bear. Like, like, why sh- do you have somebody- Doug Plank on their one receiver?
3: Cover him. Yeah, right. Yeah.
0: today, Todd Tucker, Boyd, none of them has figured. Catch so far this afternoon. Kramer in oh. trouble, and the third quarter ends with an Allen Page sack of Tommy Kramer. That's right.
2: He does have a nice stride. <laughs> his, uh, his celebration for sack is he runs. You know, yes. He runs 80 right. yards just to get
3: just to loosen up. Alan Page so awesome.
2: All right, so we uh, we, go, we move on to the fourth quarter, and the Vikings are doing what they do best. They're punting again.
0: Schubert, the deep man, back at the Chicago 30. Holman standing at the Minnesota 10. Meets it at the 15, under a little bit of pressure. Wobbly high kick. Fair catch called for and taken by Brian Bashnagel. Oh, yeah. Bashnagel on the punt the Well, the punt was so short it, 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 that, yes. that the deep yeah.
2: guy didn't catch it. Bashnagel got under it and fair caught it.
0: That's right. Line of Chicago. Golden Richards in motion. Evans on the drop and the throw. Diving grab. Was he in bounds? Yes. Can't James stop Scott James Scott. Made the catch. No. He was they pretty good. six for the first down. 89, 83. Illegal shift.
1: It's not a legal shift. Golden That's Richards false start. And James
0: Scott Maybe the shifting them. illegally. The Evans looks things over and drops back to pass. He has time. He throws. It's complete. Dave Williams coming back for the catch, but that that's short of first down yardage, and that means Bob oh, that's uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, There it fun. is. <laughs> so we
2: saw, we, we saw the last time the Bears ever ran a third down play past the sticks, and then we got to see the first time <laughs> that they've continued on forever. They, the establishment of the tradition, which is if you, you need eight we, yards, we, you we run a pattern that's seven yards.
0: Paradise. Yes. Mark field goals, Another punt from their, their end zone. Advantage. Vikings scrambling again. On his own five. Schubert at the 45. Across the 50. Across the 45. And again, the Bears set up in Viking territory. What's the game right. worth? 12 minutes and 14 seconds to play. Peyton's okay, the story. Walter Payton, by the way, needs just 84 more yards to become the all-time Bear rushing leader. And we're coming back in a minute. How about their- that?
3: So he's in his he's two games into his fifth season, yeah. And that's not a you know like it would it would take any wide receiver four good seasons to eclipse Johnny Morris. The fact that Walter Payton was only in his second game in his fourth season is not in this case an indictment on the Bears' history at running back. It's it speaks to how awesome Walter Payton was. Yeah, I will admit that just then
2: I was distracted by the fact that CBS was playing Donna Summer "Hot Stuff" as the (laughs) bumper music. (laughs) Um. (laughs) <laughs> and they were, they were. Um,
3: da, 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 is,
2: was that da, the da, point da, da, with bob did bob say who who has the current
3: Bears he did record? not and we oh, can okay. we, we can leave that out there yeah. we know oh, who it is okay. but he does mention it Yeah, cuz as we get to that then i
0: have got the number to put by the way, in folks
3: it was not gail sayers that's all i want to say
0: sayers in the driver's seat 12 14 to play they have the ball first and ten and they lead 19-7 walter Peyton again he cuts back against the grain and he is to about the 36-yard line of Minnesota. Peak in motion, Bashnagel. on second and two. Dave Williams, a Chicago first down.
1: Right, here comes it down the Vikings' throat. Golden
0: Richard's in motion. Evans, a pitch back to Payton, who is bearing down on Rick Caceres' all-time nice. record. Now he's bearing down on the end zone. Touchdown Rick Casares.
1: Unbelievable. Walter Payton. Did you see that high step that he did the last few yards?
2: He- yeah, we did, Johnny. Good
0: game's
1: yeah. on TV. <laughs> wanted us all to see it, and we got a good look as Walter Payton around the end goes for the touchdown. Down
0: of the afternoon.
2: So it, they just had a graphic. Uh, Walter needs 49 yards to catch the great Rick Caceres to be the all-time leading rusher in Bear history. Um, so we know from an earlier comment roughly how many yards Walter has because they said they did the game last just year against 5, the Bucks 000, when he went over 5,000
3: right. yards. And Jimmy Brown are the only ones who have done it so young.
2: So that that tells us that uh, Rick Caceres couldn't have had that much more than 5,000 yards in his career. So he was the all-time leading Bears rusher with 5,657 yards.
3: But that's probably not the embarrassing fact that it looks like from the 1979 perspective – does it I I think that was that that probably wasn't too laughable is I'm guessing
2: no probably not but um so
3: (laughs) well I mean Walter would play eight more years of course but yeah
2: Caceres played so Caceres played 10 seasons so he averaged 565 yards a season Walter would play 13 years and he would he would barely break the Bears' record for rushing by eleven thousand two hundred <laughs> yards.
3: Well, I mean, how many guys have also passed to Sayers? I'm sure Neil Neil Anderson may have, but I well, definitely have fourteen. Yeah, heads.
2: Rick is higher. Well, no, yeah, Rick is higher than I thought he would be. I thought more guys had passed him than had. He is still the fourth leading rusher in Bear history.
3: Is it Neil or is it Sayers instead of Neil? No, who's a. Uh...
2: Well, no, because Rick was ahead of Gale. That's why Walter was breaking. Oh, the that's record right. Record. Oh,
3: yeah. He didn't pass him all after he retired. So, um, I'm yeah, guessing so it's, it's it, Matt the, Neal. The ridiculous
2: thing is when you look at this list and you see that Gale is the fifth leading rusher for the Bears. Everybody else played 190, 120, 160, 121. He played 68 games. Yeah. And he got yeah. almost 5,000 yards, 4,956. He averaged five yards a carry for his career.
3: That's Jimmy Brown. The Level. year
2: he got hurt he was average i just looked this up he was averaging 8 yards a carry
3: holy motherfucker wow uh, i didn't no, know that no that's wrong
2: i'm sorry i exaggerated he was oh. only averaging 6.2 yards that's per still carry.
3: insane and like if it wasn't for the injury how he yeah. could have kept that up for free
2: injury he averaged 5.2 5.4 4.7 and 6.2 yards a carry yes. uh he came back at 69 the year he Rush for a thousand, got thousand yards. Yeah. He, he only averaged four point three yards a carry, and then he was done. He averaged two point two six and two point nine two, but only played. Four and at games.
3: one and at one point, the aforementioned Alan Page, I've mentioned this before. My dad saw this happen at Wrigley Field, and it's in Alan Page's Wikipedia entry that a post-surgery, uh, one of his final games ever, Gale Sayers, uh, I don't know who fumbled the ball, uh, Page, the big hulking freakish athlete, ran at about seventy yards. Uh, for a score, and my dad's lasting image was Gale Sayers could not even run down. I mean, speaks to Alan Page's athletic excellence, but obviously Sayers was really on He had he had no legs.
2: So, of the yeah. Bears' top ten rushers of all time, Walter Payton has the third highest yards per carry, and we know Gale has the highest at five. Who is the only other Bear running back in the top ten who averaged more yards per carry than Walter Payton?
3: Is it Beedy Feathers? It is not.
2: I don't know where Beatty is on this list.
3: Beatty had a weird thousand-yard season in 1934, but that's it is no Willie reason. Gallimore. Oh, the late Willie Gallimore on the '63 Bears and died in a car crash right after the season.
2: So your top ten: Walter Baton, Matt Forte, Neil Anderson, Rick Caceres. Gale Sayers, Thomas Jones. Jordan Ooh. Howard. Wow. Okay. The A-train, Anthony Thomas.
3: Oh, well, holy shit, our guy now, Montgomery's going to get up there if he – well, he might not he's be here after this 40, year.
2: Right? He's 14th. Okay. And and who's not nine and not that 10? far. He's – he only needs – he's less than 200 yards away from 10th.
3: Okay. He might still do it this year. Who's 9 and 10 currently? Well, number 9
2: is one of the great uh, running backs of in Chicago Bear history.
3: Oh, Brock Forsey. Yeah,
2: of course. No, even better than – even better than uh, Roland Harper. Oh, your guy. guy's ninth. And then Willie Gallimore is tenth. Okay. And then other immortals on the list uh in the top twenty. Uh guys like uh well Matt Suey's eleventh, Ronnie Bulls, Jesus, Bronco Negerski, Dave Montgomery, the only active 20, one on Matt the list. Matt
3: Suey and Ronnie Bull both were number twenty six. Yeah.
2: Bobby Douglas got a quarterback in there at fifteen. In the top twenty. Jesus. Ray Nolting, Raymond Harris, George Raymond. George Gullianics. The ultra back made it, Brad Muster. Oh fuck! And number twenty, James Allen. Hey, our guy. All right,
3: so uh, Dave Montgomery should be moving
1: Let's up. Let's just say it's
2: a
3: it's it's a top heavy list. Yeah, and that's fine. We've been should blessed be. with good running backs. On, you know, like. First baseman at the college. Yeah. we just don't get good uh, – linebackers and running backs are a thing. Well, and and, and clearly and
2: part of the reason that a guy like Rick Caceres was the all-time leading rusher for as long as he was was in their glory years, the Jeez, Bears they're would they're literally dead. have like four guys running the ball Yeah, and playing yeah. 10 games. Yeah, 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 yeah. So one guy running the ball for 14 games for over eight years yeah, yeah, can yeah. rack up a lot more yards than – all right. these guys sharing the ball and the quarterback running yeah. out half the time and not. And...
3: I think that's a great point. So, Sarahs, because uh, Sarahs arrived when the offense sort of settled. They started down using a tailback, the post key formation.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean he got in the team. And,
3: and then, of course, he played ten years, which was the big factor because obviously it should have been Sayers who that Peyton was running down. But the other thing too, and they're going to show the replay here. Another uh, thing I loved about Peyton was. Yeah, he all running backs fumble eventually, but, you know, he didn't seem to fumble that much. But, like, when he was, like, maneuvering amidst all of these hulking defensive players that were trying to tackle him, he would just hold the ball in his hand like a baseball. Yeah. He didn't – he wouldn't talk the way like coaches always yeah, tell it's you. like that. he – It like he was
2: walking down the aisle of a grocery store and it just randomly picked up a grade. He's
3: like, I'm either going to turn it upfield and blaze it or I'm going to fucking run you over. All right. And when I do, I'm going to maybe tuck the ball away, but right now I'm going to fucking just hold it like this.
2: Um, Another thing I noticed early in the game when they were doing the weird, they they ditched it when about the time they started gaining yards where they kept lining him up next to Williams, like two and a half yards behind the quarterback was on one play. Walter noticeably lined up at an angle, and it's like, oh, clearly he's getting the handoff and he's going to go to the right because of the way he was set up. And he takes the handoff and he goes left. And I don't think it was like a uh, – because it's one of the things you look for on defense is you look to see if the running back has a tell. Sometimes you can tell a guy mm-hmm. by put more weight on one he, foot if he's going to go right than he, left.
3: he did a running back audible?
2: I think – no, he, if you looked at him um, – so, like, there's this famous – uh, picture of him in practice giving Matt Suey a wedgie. Like Suey's yeah. lined up and Walter's kind of, mm-hmm. he's almost in that stance. He's got like his left leg straight out instead of tucked kinda under kinda him. Yeah. And he was just set up that way. Like I'm Walter Payton. I'm just going to set up like this. But I'm right. like, ooh, look, he's got to tell. And then he gets the ball. He goes exactly the wrong way. So you weren't going to be able to tell anything from looking at him other than he was going to run right down your throat.
1: Fucking A. On his first TD, Scamper covered 43. Here it is. A pitch out of the I formation. Reedy, sorry, Dave Williams out front. There comes the block. Watch, William. Uh, sorry, hit Sutherland. And now look how he's carrying that ball. Now lift those legs. Lift them, Walter. That's it, just like the Stallions do it.
3: Absolutely, Johnny. Well put, my friend. Oh, Now I'm <laughs> mad so,
2: I forgot this. Because I'm I remember, I, so on the first long touchdown run, the one where he gets the blocks at the end the from James Scott yarder. and Golden Richards. Yep. Folks, if you go back and look at it, at about the three-yard line, James Scott has a blatant clip.
1: Oh. Like, he
2: just, he dives at the guy at the back of his legs and just knocks him on his ass. And I'm watching it like, oh, well, this is coming back. It didn't. So, I love it. So ain't
0: cheating if you don't get caught. That's right. Second and seven. Kramer over the middle. Got his man, Ahmad Rashad. That's the longest reception that Rashad has made all day, and he really drew a crowd. So what was that? The running back just
3: cleared off the top of the pile. at the end
2: That's what Johnny went. Right. Right. I guess it was Ricky Young was deciding, fuck it, we're getting our ass beat, but I'm just going to take a shot at a linebacker.
3: This is kind of an exciting moment now. The Bears are in
0: control of this game. 26-7. And Kramer with time to throw. There's a flag down on the play. Spivey was there on the coverage against Rashad. And let's see what the call will be. Offense, number 67. holding. Mm. I love how the Second guy who down. made this
2: video needs sure to get
3: as many ref calls as possible. I wonder if maybe it's the ref's kid. <laughs> hey, I did one of Dad's game. There he is again. And it's got oh, Walter the- Payton.
2: Yeah. Starring my dad and Walter Payton.
0: How many people have air sin? No blitz, but Kramer is in trouble anyway. And down he goes. Jim Osborne. Jim Osborne got him. That is the fifth Chicago sack. Oh, and
2: he's given he's given he's Tommy the business. Chicago Bears. Love it.
0: Didn't get a penalty to him. Let's see what he can do. Oh. He's going to turn off some yardage. A penalty flag has been thrown. It might be a clip. Let's see if they're going to bring this back. Big game for Peyton, he but I think it. he knows that the penalty is against Chicago. Defense
1: number twenty-five. Hey, what? Personal foul. Listen to
0: this. Oh, I, out of bounds. Replay. <laughs>
3: what is that offsetting i i take uh, so it so apparently okay. when they
2: did this we missed the hold and they only got the second okay yeah they called a the guy what? for cheap shot and walter out of bounds
3: and as upset as walter was i think the hold may have been a factor in that play but you never with peyton he's probably like fuck it you didn't have to hold i would have gotten those yards anyway i mean the guy that was happy was the family of rick caceres right like, oh that- dad's record what? is still intact that would have put
2: Peyton
0: right there. It would pretty close. That was about score, a 40-yard yeah.
2: gain, and he needs yeah, what, 49, 49 yards? 49, I
0: think Okay, offsetting penalties against first Mike Cobb for holding, and then Nate Allen of the Vikings for roughing. Uh, so Mike they'll Cobb do the play was over again. He was Mike Cobb
1: there, you saw him yeah. falling. He held on Mark Mullaney, and then Peyton made the move there on hand. What a great move, though, Down it the had field. nothing to do with the hold. The Bears, it's funny, you could see Walter. A lot of yards, and Walter Peyton, a lot of yards. Once again, Walter can see the flag. It's funny,
2: Walter get From where he was running, he could see the flag. It would have been funny if he had immediately just run out of bounds. (laughs) Like, (laughs) fuck it.
1: Give me the ball in the
3: next play. Right. God damn it, uh, Cobb.
1: Slammed the ball down so he he was pretty sure what happened. And because they have 12 new players, they're going to go through it.
2: And then for some reason, the Vikings had the ball back.
1: Uh, yeah, rebuilding and, process. Uh, garbage time now yeah. so and johnny just quarterback uh johnny just oh, yeah, said a he, lot of he eludes the
3: fact that they're in a rebuilding process so we, we basically were watching the death of the vikings here uh i'd like to think that we're watching the birth of the bears and, and it was within a, a a contained one season it was because they would need this victory as they eked into the playoffs as, as we've discussed but then they would go back to sucking but yeah. it definitely was sort of the end uh, this is kind of a if you want to look at it from that perspective kind of a uh, a little bit of a mushroom stamp on that uh, purple people leaders, the whole Bud Grant Viking uh, NFC dominant team.
2: The way I was thinking about it was um, yeah, so the Bears had these, had a bout with competence in the late 70s.
3: Yeah, but then, a couple of
2: years. Uh, in the strike year of 82, Jay Hilgenberg in somebody's book is quoted as he's, the Bears are getting blown out by the Lions. And Jay's standing on the sidelines. And he's like, the, he goes, I realize I'm the only player on the Bears who hasn't played. And I say to somebody, I said, we're the worst team in the NFL and I don't play. I'm the worst player in the NFL. Yes. Guy who's now a borderline Hall of Famer. At and the that's,
3: you know, 82 is Ditka's first year and they struggled. They were three and six, but they kind of turned it around. That and it, It's fun to look back on those years because it was an ascendant thing. But they were definitely at a rock bottom then. I mean, we talked before the podcast about how they're sort of at a rock bottom now. They're at a rock bottom when Dave McGinnis was the, the fiasco. And they were they were about they went to the playoffs this year and it was a fun, exciting season. I can remember so many games from the seventy nine season. But as as quickly as they arrived, they went right back. Uh and they were last place in eighty one and eighty two. And around eighty two before they hired Ditka and drafted McMahon, it was uh that was a pretty low point too. So mugs Just- Muggs had been dead.
2: Just think how much fun it's going to be next year when we see him turning the corner in the first year of the uh, Urban Meyer regime.
3: Oh, Jesus, don't even joke. So be oh, I wanted to throw out a quick uh, trivia question for, uh, for you. Based on your podcast with Pusateri this week, you made a reference to talking about somebody – this is not apropos of nothing. I'm going to bring it back and prove its relevance. But <laughs> it is. You were talking this week on your Bears podcast with Mike about some guy that tried to uh, – uh i don't get, get a um get a vaccination with a fake arm and yeah. you made a reference to the Wizinator. yep can you tell me the nfl player who got busted <sighs> for trying to sneak a wizenator uh, past airport security well it was or, a, or he had it delivered to his house it was it was a viking right that's why i bring it up it was a minnesota viking
2: <sighs> i feel like it was a viking running back or a defensive back no it was a running, back. It was a
3: viking running back
2: you're right it was again. an ontario smith
3: Oh, my God, you got it. Nice job. Well, Give
2: yourself I don't know a how I came. I thought of it right before. I'm like, well, it was Ontario Smith. Ontario,
3: O-N-T-E-R-R-I-O. I only know that because I was a fantasy football commissioner. I had to make sure he entered yeah, it He right was the, the Antonio Brooklyn. Brown of his era. Yeah, the Wizinator. So I figured, hey, we're, we're going to bring that up since we're playing were, the Vikings. We're covering a Vikings-Bears game.
2: All right. Well, let's let Bob and Johnny wrap, wrap up this exciting Bears let's do it.
1: That two and no bears had to go through for all these years he's been there and now he's going to have yeah. to face that with too bad
0: for a sweetness walter Payton leaves his bear teammates off the field chicago 26 and minnesota 7
1: so the chicago bears are now 2-0 and and could possibly have the lead in the central division depending on what tampa bay does with baltimore but it-
3: oh you sleep in your underwear tampa bay
1: all right <laughs> it's so,
2: i love the fact it's so that's just so bears that Johnny in week two is trying to figure out if there's a way the Bears can be in first place by themselves.
3: Johnny's a fan. I you know that's a chip any Carey winning thing, right.
2: consistently yeah. winning franchise gives a shit about what I know. I know.
3: It's, it's... like Chip Carey look at the standings in May, like it does not matter if your team's not even five hundred, yeah. but yeah. Right.
2: It's like um And I was but guilty. Of this. I was guilty of this as anybody when like back in nineteen eighty nine when Illinois got to be number one like in December. Uh-huh. It's like it
3: doesn't matter. It just know, really doesn't, but, but you still want, still if it's there, ex- you want you it. You still want it. Yeah. And Johnny's a fan. He's a homer. He, uh, he's loving it, you know, because they got a taste of it two years ago when they broke this, uh, unprecedented, by their franchise uh, standards, unprecedented playoff drought by uh, squeaking into the, the playoffs in 77 and then getting summarily dismissed by the eventual Super Bowl champion Cowboys. The uh, 79 season was, was it was exciting. And, and I remember so many, like I said, I remember so many of the games uh, came down to the end. It came down to that ridiculous combination. Once Tampa Bay was going to beat Kansas city of the bears scoring enough points and have enough point differential in the season. And Roger Staubach in his last you Know last minute comeback, uh, staving off the Redskins helping the Bears. Um, it was, yeah, you know, it, it, it's a particularly poignant season for me. Uh, my first season and, and that game, you know, they beat the Vikings 26 7. We were on our way.
2: Well, it's funny because they started, they started 2 and 0, then they lost three in a row, then they won, then they and, lost two more in a row. They were three and five
3: without even looking. I can tell you that they played Dallas and Miami the next two weeks, and I remember. Being a seven-year-old and starting to get into this thing, and it had always been background noise for me. I'd kind of been familiar with the Vikings. Ooh, the Cowboys. Everyone knew the Cowboys, regardless of how well you knew football. And everyone knew the Dolphins. And the Cowboys, in retrospect, wasn't close. I remember just being so angry, almost as angry as you were a few years later, and Bob Abilene got intercepted in the Kingdome. But I remember just how I hated Dallas because, you know – because that is two zero Bears team is going up for a real challenge and and they they lose late to Dallas and Miami just kind of snuffed them out without thinking about it and then all of a sudden that we've talked about this 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 unexpectedly uh, resurgent Tampa Bay team all of a sudden was a thorn in their side yeah it was a weird they had wild games they had you know a game in Green Bay where. The Packers missed a field goal late. It was, it was a roller coaster. It was a. If you're going to get into football, I guess as a seven year old, that's a season that's probably going to pique your interest from beginning to end.
2: So they they had a game on October seventh that I'm sure Bill Belichick referenced to his to his guys just a couple of weeks ago. It's probably formed their entire game plan. The Bears, uh, had to go to uh, was it Rich Stadium? Is that where yeah. Buffalo was playing even back then?
3: It was seven nothing game.
2: They won 7-0, and the Bears passed for 18 yards. Yeah. In a win.
3: <laughs> uh, I, I will Bill tell told you that Matt game. Matt
2: Jones, he said, hey, if it's good enough for Mike Phipps, Vince Evans, and Bob Avellini, it's good enough for you, kid. Just keep handing the, the ball off.
3: And the first thing I'll always think about with that game, because I do remember it, is the only score was Peyton, and it was your aforementioned. He went up and over. He actually landed on his head. If you pull up the Bears-Bills 1979, the only touchdown of the game was where Peyton just dramatically leapt over 20, basically 20 adults and landed on his head in the end zone. 18 yards. though that's wow. But, that so not only bad.
2: did the, the bears eat that ridiculous run up the score against the Cardinals, but they won uh, seven of the last eight games to get into the playoffs.
3: And they even beat the Rams at the first game I ever went to that. I went to both preseason games. Cause that's, you know, what I was deemed worthy of, um, <laughs> Against the Jets and Bengals, but then my dad did take me to my first regular season game and they beat the Rams, who That's themselves Ferragamo. would end up going to was the
2: Super Pat Bowl Hayden? that year. Is still Pat Hayden? No, well,
3: Hayden was supposed to be the quarterback, and apparently third year quarterback Ferragamo took them all the way to the Super Bowl. I think Ferragamo was the quarterback in that game. It was 27 23, I think. Great game in retrospect. I don't, can't remember any uh, details Rutledge. from being there.
2: Jeff Rutledge played for the Rams that day. Hayden got hurt there. That wow. Year. That's why okay. they,
3: yeah, he did. Well, yeah, so Farragamo. But, yeah, the Bears beat the Rams. They both made the playoffs, and the Rams actually, finally, the Rams, after years and years of losing to the aforementioned Vikings and Cowboys pretty much every single season between about 73 and 78. I mentioned the 49ers, 28-27 that year, I think, and that was uh, O.J. Simpson was uh, a running back for the 49ers, so you got the photo op. Uh, before that oh, game, oh yeah, that's right. And uh, yeah, the Bears would lose the Vikings. Actually, if you know, Vikings weren't quite done yet, they you know, they wouldn't disappear that quickly. I think the the bite was out of them, but they were still, you know, they still were in people's heads. They beat the Bears uh, in a close game in Minnesota a few a few weeks later. I right know. All
2: right. But, so the uh, the happy totals for the game we just saw the Bears uh, Bears won twenty six to seven. Um, Walter Payton uh 20 carried 23 times for 182 yards two touchdowns got three passes for 14 yards mike phipps five of 12 for 35 yards at a pick. <laughs> Vince evans even with the 56 yard touchdown pass four for seven for 88 yards
3: did the Bears even have a passer with twelve hundred yards in the season that year? It's possible they didn't, since they didn't. They eventually settled on Phipps for that season. Like I said, it was a rotating cast of clowns for four years, but Phipps was their quarterback in the oh, yeah. playoff game. I, I think he was their guy down Ooh, the stretch.
2: Phipps lit it up, uh, fifteen hundred thirty-five yards. Oh, he was oh, nine yeah, and go. one. They were nine and one in his starts.
3: Wow. Yeah.
2: Oh and three when Evans started. One and two about with Evelyn. That,
3: that's the Mike Phipps year right there. Ten years after he was drafted, a thirty-two-year-old immobile quarterback with a Hall of Fame running back behind him.
2: Uh, let's see, it was Tommy Kramer, ten of nineteen for one hundred and seventeen yards. Um, let's see, anything exciting happen on defense? Uh, uh,
3: how how did mod do? He we oh, saw yeah. him catch about four or five. How did
2: Mad caught five for seventy.
3: Yeah, we pretty much saw him all in that clip.
2: Uh, of course, Terry Schmidt had an interception.
3: Go one for 44.
2: And it looks like that's all the stats are going to give us. They're going to give us sacks. Uh, which is what I was looking for.
3: Was, was sacks an official stat in 79?
2: Yeah, but I don't know why they didn't bother to put it in the...
3: It wasn't just Deacon Jones counting up his own... Was it making his own tally in those days?
2: So now, Deacon is the reason they're called sacks, right?
3: Correct. Yeah, you Put that me quarterback
2: that. in a sack.
3: Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, Which doesn't make a lot of sense. No, but, it doesn't. Yeah, but a apparently, Deacon, said, went, didn't make apparently Deacon went to the library and did some research and found out that he is the all-time sack leader, I believe.
2: He got all the, yeah, he got all the fame. He counted his own. How can you yes. doubt
3: it? Completely unbiased view. opinion. Yeah. But we had Alan Page, and Alan Page is fucking awesome, and those stats throughout blew my mind. I had no idea. That's incredible production. It just speaks to how, uh, just what an incredible football player he was and just you know almost larger than life and yet he's still I believe uh, not verified on Twitter which is to me just hysterical what is he of the greatest one of the greatest football players he's 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 achieved you know he's a Supreme Court justice (laughs) honor NFL Hall of Famer he's one of two guys to have captured an MVP he's won a championship at Notre Dame from where he graduated He's, he's nothing fuck Alan Page no way he was awesome and we got to get a little bit of that, and I didn't even know at the time that it was at the end of his career. So I was none the wiser. Oh, he's got the blue check mark now. I take oh, it back. Thank God, he's finally got his rightful place and being recognized. So, anyway,
2: all right. Well, that was so. Uh, I will put the uh, the link to the video on uh, on the post in Discipio, so people can enjoy can folks. it, folks. It's only, even though it took us two hours to get through it, it's um, it's it's only it's only uh, twenty two minutes of uh, video. Um, but we filled in all the stories that you didn't get to hear Bob and Johnny call because of the haphazardly edited, uh, video.
1: Yeah. One of was these fun. Days I, would, play... I
2: would not have known that Bob Costas was doing games apparently for at least two years.
1: On well,
3: and and he apparently also, uh, spent some, before our time spent some time at the channel nine news desk, at WGN. He, uh, I've seen some footage of him. So yeah, he was, he was making his bones for a little bit in Chicago for a while before he, uh. He struck it big with NBC. Right. Of
2: course, he got his big break right out of Syracuse as a 22-year-old doing games for the ABA's Spirit of St. Louis. Is that right? Which is why he's been based in St. Louis forever.
3: Oh, he's not, a, he's not originally he's from not. St. Louis. He
2: moved to St. Louis, and because it was in the middle of the country when he started doing games all over, he figured that that was probably a pretty decent place to travel out of. It's not, i got to give credit. Not all that dumb.
3: It's been a pretty good stick, then. Good kudos to him for figuring that out, and he, yeah, he did an all right job. I, like you know, he he's he's green. The guy's like what? He's probably like twenty five, and he's broadcasting a game with Bears legend Johnny Morris. But he, yeah,
2: it's, you know, yeah, roughly roughly the same size.
3: Exactly.
2: exactly. So that was good. All right. Well, uh, what is next week? Next week is the Seahawks. Oh, that's right, Seattle. Oh, yeah, we'll have good stuff on Seattle.
3: We could have more recent fun stuff yes. now.
2: Yeah, we haven't really playoff taken a playoff stuff. Dive.
3: We should twice. have Lovey
2: on. Talk about, you know, he only he only ever beat two teams in the playoffs, and he beat the Seahawks twice. Right. They have a combined under 500 record. He's not doing anything. I mean, coordinating the defense for the Texans is hardly a job. So I'm sure he's got Is Lovey
3: the, is the Texans the D- D- coordinator? He I is. had no idea. Well, good for him. Yep. Well, yeah, we a lot of Seahawks memories. Walter Payton's last regular season game was against the Seahawks and Brian Bosworth was playing for them and uh yeah, I don't wanna spoil we already brought up Jim Zorn for the Packers. We'll have to I can just know, uh,
2: revisit him. I can relive my childhood trauma with Bob Avellini and the Kingdom. That's right.
3: Yeah, Kingdom was it, all domes were a fucking nightmare when we were kids. Astrodome, Kingdome, even the even the hump dome until Ditka rolled around on roller skates.
2: I guarantee you that's why Vadge wouldn't let him put a roof on Soldier Field. Too many bad memories. Like we don't do well indoors. I want Dad to be able to see the games. <laughs> like what up through the grass? <laughs> All right, well, we'll catch up next week then, Mike. Sounds good, Andy.
3: Thanks. Many of us have herpes.